It's back! Connecticut's Terrific Comic Con! Join us this August 9th to the 11th at the Mohegan Sun Expo Center in Uncasville, Connecticut as we bring together the hottest names in the comic book industry. There'll be no wrestlers, no psychics, no crazy stuff you don't want to see at a Comic-Con. This is 100% pure Comic-Con action, and it's only at Terrific-Con. You'll see today's top talents like Tom King, Donnie Cates, Ryan Stegman. Plus, Terrific-Con is the place where fans get to meet the legends that they love. You'll see Jim Steranko, Chris Claremont, J. Michael Straczynski, and making his final Comic-Con appearance, the one and only George Perez. Join us as we also celebrate Batman's 80th anniversary with a salute to his films. You'll see Billy Dee Williams, Val Kilmer, Robert Wolf, and so many more. Plus, you'll meet from Doctor Who and Torchwood, John Barryman, John Wesley Shipp from The Flash, and the first First Avenger himself, Red Captain America Brown will be there. Plus, the voiceover actors from The Man Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain. Join us for a real Comic-Con at the Mohegan Sun, August 1911th, when Terrificon comes back to Connecticut. See what all the fuss is about at Terrificon.com. Since 2008, Marvel Studios has brought us over 10 years of cinematic blockbusters, and nothing will ever be the same. Can we, as mere mortals, prevail? Join us to find out. Peter Melnick, graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator. And Eddie Wilson, upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. True Believers, the next chapter begins with another episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode and introducing our special guest co-host, and we're going to be including a special interview with Marvel legend Jim Starlin. Yes. But, like I said, before we get into the usual rigmarole, want to tell y'all fine folks at home how you can get a hold of us on them, their social medias. Tell them. First off, go on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Marvelous. Go give myself also a like-ski at facebook.com slash Peter Melnick Podcaster. You can also find us on Twitter at the Marvelous. Give myself a follow as well, at Peter Melnick. And you can also follow us on Instagram at... The Marvelous. You can follow myself on Instagram, at Peter Melnick, and yourself... At Eddie9193. And also, you can find us in your email bag, themarvelous at gmail.com. Questions, comments, strongly worded letters, haikus... Uh, what else? Erotic, manifestos. Erotic fiction, too. No, no manifestos. Uh, what else? What else could we have? Fan pictures... They could draw fursanas. <laughs> John, cut Somebody's that part out. <laughs> no, no, that stays. That stays completely. Oh, no. Wow. You're forever immortalized as the guy who said fursanas. <laughs> I'm just bringing a new crowd draw. For real. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be that kind of episode. Yes, it is. <laughs> but... 
including furry butts. But uh, I can't believe I conclude, can, 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 can encouraged that just now. Uh, oh, the Sonic trailer has us all feeling no, some type of way. No, I kind of didn't mind the trailer. Yeah, no, gangsta, they use Gangsta's Paradise. I'm down. For no reason. I'm going to see the movie. But anyway, people, like I said, the marvelous said gmail.com. And also, you can listen to us on a wide variety of streaming platforms, including iTunes, where you can rate, review, subscribe, and five star if you're ever, ever, ever so inclined. I'm pretty much just ripping off Chris Jericho now, like with this persona. Not fursona, <laughs> you know, FYI. <laughs> But also you Chris can Jericat. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> wow. Anyway, you can also find us on a Flora. Uh, it's my Sylvester the Cat impression now too. Once again, continuing for Sonas. But you can people find us on Spotify. Podbean. You can find us on SoundCloud. You know we're like SoundCloud rappers now. Just like we just mumble like I'm doing right now, but you can also find us on Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. And speaking of Stitcher, speaking of, uh, you can find us on Stitcher when you go to www.wolverinepodcast.com and use the promo code at checkout. And when you do, you get one, count them, one, count them, one. He is not paying attention, but count them, one. Although, you know, I could have just done it once. That's the point of the joke. That... Swing and a Miss Melnick, story of my life. But you can use the promo code MARVELOUS, like Eddie said. Say it again, Eddie. Uh, again, Eddie. That too. MARVELOUS. But you use that promo code, and you get one free month of Stitcher Premium. And with Stitcher Premium, folks, you can be able to listen to a plethora of audio content, including the Smodcast archives, the Earwolf archives, the Nerdist archives, the Weird Al Yankovic concert archives, guy on his phone. You can listen to us on all of that, <laughs> all of that stuff. And you'll be able to listen to Wolverine, The Long Night, and Wolverine, The Lost Path, Trail too. But God damn it, I was so close. You can be able to check us that all that stuff out. And Wolverine: The Lost Trail and Long Night are Marvel's first foray into serialized podcast where a story is told. So they're. They don't just innovate in comic books. They don't just innovate in television. They don't just innovate in movies. They don't just innovate they in... They foray. Children's storybooks. But... Human trafficking. Yikes. It's no. that kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but they innovate in podcasts. So, wolverinepodcast.com and use the promo code at checkout. Marvelous. And get one free month. And after that, after that first free month what it's only 4.99 a month thereafter exactly so you help support the show by signing up with that promo code and personally folks you can cancel at any time but we recommend staying on board because you're going to be enjoying a lot of stuff i listen to a lot of mark maron and there's a lot of mark maron on that uh, platform so once again you can just rewind 15 seconds when i said it previously so guys we are in the end game now get it because we're talking about avengers Infinity War 2. No. <laughs> so, the avenging. <laughs> Avengers 2, to avenge, to gur, or something. I don't know. But we're trying with this joke, and it's failing miserably. And Eddie. now, with further ado, Do our guests. Yes. Who've already kind of jumped on. <laughs> but still. Because we are broadcasting from Haven for Heroes in Port Jervis, Orange County, New York. And we welcome in Doug Garnum. Hey, hey. Welcome back. Thank you very much. It's good and to be here. Let's have you and pig, um, uh, pigtail. Yeah, what I'm what I'm trying to 
piggyback to introduce our other guest. That's just kinky. And it's uh, my right-hand man, uh, the man with the beard, Josh Benavides. Thank you for having me. But Josh is on your left-hand side. Uh, technically, he's across. It's your other right. Nobody here knows. Everything's fake. We're all going to die. Kayfabe, babe. Kayfabe. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. We all saw the movie. I've seen it three times now. Doug, you've seen it once, correct? Yeah, we we saw it today. (laughs) Eddie, you saw it how many times? Twice. Opening night and then Sunday. Josh, yourself? I saw it for the first time with Doug earlier today. Guy on his phone, how many times have you seen the movie? Once he pointed once for everyone. <laughs> so many ones that Actually, you threw up, he did he one. He pointed to the ceiling. Okay. He, he wants to raise the roof. There's a because leak, it is his maybe. son. I don't know. Raise the roof for it is my son. Huh. I'm going nowhere with this. Let's, let's, let's just <laughs> yeah, hashtag out also to uh, to Emmett as well, who's not here with us at the moment. Yeah, he's a, he's sleepier than I am, and that's oh. saying something. He had to cover the store for us while we got to watch Endgame. It was oh, great. Well, well, he got to see it twice, so yeah. it's only fair. Oh. I texted Peter this morning. I was like, hey, when were we going to do that? <laughs> and he's like, tonight at 6. And I was like, well, I guess I better go see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and see this movie, I guess he did, he did. Yes, oh, indeed. indeed. <clears throat> now, gentlemen, this is the culmination of 10-plus years of cinematic storytelling. And like I, I said during my... Uh, first impression after I saw it on Tuesday I loved this movie and I gave it a perfect 10 out of 10 and that's very hard for me to do and it skyrocketed to the number one position. It sure did because you doubled up the rankings we've had for the other movies out of five. You went for 10 this time. Well still. Look I've got it on paper here. I can prove it. (laughs) (laughs) Well it's an audio podcast Eddie. You hear that? That's the rankings. Eddie's just shaking his grocery list. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget that. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? (laughs) No, but... uh, Well, I am. I I, I would have to agree. Um, Well, agree with a caveat. Um, I think that... We have have little uh, uh, fish eggs? Yes, yes. That's caviar. Oh. (laughs) True to the Star-Lord persona, not knowing things. Stop Stop that. (laughs) Oh, come on, guys. We got Avengers Endgame because Star-Lord did this. Shut up. (laughs) Um, I mean, I I have a couple of points in the movie where I was just kind of like, well, that doesn't really kind of make a whole lot of sense. But for the most part, I was pretty blown away by everything, and I think that everything was tied up pretty nicely. Um, I mean, I, I mean, as we get through, I'll, I'll, I'll probably you know bring up a couple of the issues that I have. I don't want to jump all over the movie right yeah. now. Is right, it right, issues right. or a miniseries? Uh, it is limited. It is one shots. It is one shots, one offs. Yeah, I have like of... one specific thing that bothered me, but we'll get to that if we're talking like chronologically, you know, when it comes to it. You mean so. how long it took you to get to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was all when, right. When that wasn't mind. so bad. Yeah, we. I, I didn't eat or drink anything yeah. all day yeah, today, same. and then I went to go see it at one. I mean, I woke up at noon. And but poop you did. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and I made it through the whole movie without a pee break. Um, my best friend hit me up and he's like, hey, listen, this is what you need to know because you're going to go see it. Uh, when the New Jersey splash goes up and you see the taillights of a car, you have about 30 seconds to go pee. You're not going to miss anything. And I was like, all right. I didn't need to go. So I wanted to watch old young Stan Lee drive by. That was So <laughs> that cameo was... I always say this with every single Stan Lee cameo lately, but that was the best one. Yeah. Like, on par yeah. with the Spider-Verse one. On par with the old school New York of Homecoming. Oh, yes. yeah. And just seeing 70s porno mustache Stan Lee <laughs> immortalized <laughs> on the big screen. And make love, not war, true believers, XLC, or other catchphrases. I'm shaking my fist still. 
it it made me happy that if this is in fact the final one we got to see him with the porn stash like that yeah. I just loved it man and he was he was he was uh Stan Pornography Lee instead of Stan Granddad Lee. It made me happy, you know? And there, there's very few camus that you can do now, you know, obviously because, you know, you, rumor and innuendo will have you believe they recorded a bunch of them. But if that's not the case, hey, we got the ultimate one. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it's a great send off. Although I will say, once again, the. Uh, the uh, Spider-Verse one is still the most emotional one because yes. you see that movie after the passing. I haven't seen that yet. I'm going to miss him. Yeah. He was my fr- I'm spoiling it for you right now. I realize this, but just that it's it's really emotional. And like when you pair it with everything that happened, holy crap. Yeah, but you know what, Doug? Even though you now know what's going to happen in Spider-Verse with that cameo, when you see it, it's going to hit you anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, so, and, and I'm, I'm the type of person that like... Those spoilers do kind of grind my gears. Ah, shit. Um, I, I, I'm kind of spoiler-proof. I really am. Like, even if somebody spoils something for me... Do you I'm, forget it like a day later? No, it's not oh. that I don't... It's not that I forget it. It's just that someone telling me does not have the same emotional impact as me yeah. viewing it. Though there is a greater emotional impact if I have no warning... Even with a warning, it still will hit me just as hard as it needs to. Thank you to the studio audience for laughing at that. <laughs> <laughs> just a back end of the store. But you know what? Before we forget, or before I forget, with the Stanley cameo, I'm just wondering, and I'm sorry it's a marketing thing, but who's going to put out and do we want to get ourselves copies of that Nuff Said bumper sticker? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that, well, would they do it? Why not? Would you put it on your bumper, Eddie? Why not? You wouldn't though. I've I've heard your stance on bumper stickers. <laughs> I love that Eddie has a stance on bumper stickers. Personally, probably same as his. I have unstuck bumper stickers, so that means they're not going anywhere. That's a good thing. I though. think with the technology we, we we have, we can just make bumper magnets now. It is. We, yes. we do have them. They do exist. <laughs> we have the technology. We they're can easily make them better, scalable. stronger, faster. Wow. Oh yeah, that's true. Removable. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Da 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 da. Anyway, uh. But yeah, now in regards to with her birds. Oh uh, no, it was a very, very, Loud. very bad car outside. Oh, bad brakes. Sounds like yeah. a bird. It it because I have headphones in. It's right a timing now. belt. Yeah. Um, I think that that Endgame probably gave the most fan service out of any Marvel movie ever, and I think that of all of the fan services, uh, the first ten minutes are probably. Well, maybe it's not those first 10 minutes, but like the very first... Opening scene? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good oh setup for what's happening. And I mean, a couple things it, I either noticed or didn't notice from the first versus the second viewing. Yeah. It, like, it, it happened so fast that just yeah. like all Josh and I could say in the in the theater was just like, oh, crap. Okay. Like, there was no moment for us to really... There was no buildup. There yeah. was no, like, nope. this is going to be a climactic moment. They were like, nope, this is what's happening. There goes the hand. There goes the head. Have a nice day. Go back to your base. Like, okay, you're, go- are you going in a few. I'm just thinking of the opening with Hawkeye and his daughter. Oh, oh, oh boy. That, that was... set up a whole lot of stuff. And family. That, Which, yeah. by the way, gentlemen... That was really emotional for me. They start playing at the end of that scene, and it segues into uh, the scene with Nebula and Tony... Traffic's Dear Mr. Fantasy. Fantasy. Dear Mr. Fantasy, yes. Yes. So now we have a delegation right now. We'd like to take a vote. Is Dear Mr. Fantasy a part of the Awesome X slash Star-Lord's Zune? Because 
it is playing softly in the background during that scene, so it's indicating that it's there. Mm-hmm. Is Dear Mr. Fantasy a part of the awesome mix? How would it be part of the awesome mix if it got disintegrated with him? Well, he didn't have the Zune on him. Where was the Zune? Maybe in the ship. Probably. Doesn't he always have the Zune on him, like in his jacket he might, for fighting here, music? Here's the other thing. He always has copies on the ship, if you yes. remember, because Rock, right, Rocket yeah. goes, oh, the copies on the ship. I don't think there was any music playing in the ship, though, because but it, it was dead. But it sounds like in the background. There was no power to so the you, whole ship. You don't think that's a part of the awesome mix? I don't think it's part of the awesome mix. Eddie, yourself? Um, I don't know that it, first of all, matters. But it should. I mean, <laughs> it's, a good, it's, a, it's a song that you obviously like a lot. Oh, and yes, should, I do. should be part of it. So, Eddie. And so I think it's fine if it becomes part of it. I hadn't thought of it in that way. Thank you. Just all right, so, so we, we have, just we have two and one. <laughs> oh, that's a good Marvel title. Thank I you. Could, I could probably issues. agree as well. Oh, Thank you. Yes, because yes, yeah. you're sitting next to me, too. No, maybe a little bit. So but, when Guardians 3 comes out, let's yeah. rewind to this episode that we're recording. <laughs> on April 30th of 2019 AD and the year of our lore Peter was right <laughs> Dear Mr. Fantasy is on the Guardians 3 soundtrack I, well, I don't think it's guys. gonna I don't think it's gonna be on the soundtrack well. but it's considered maybe a part of the lore of it so three to one Doug boom could be yeah uh, I mean, lore, it stinks it smells <laughs> yeah. sponsored by <laughs> by the makers of the legendary Redline energy products but for real that is a really good energy drink I had the rainbow sprinkle dust or whatever it was amazing rainbow unicorn yeah there, that too yes you're gonna be bouncing off the walls there's 300 milligrams of caffeine creatine BCAA aminos super creatine man and he should be a spokesperson I should be a spokesperson if anybody from Bang is listening please sponsor me hi Bang or our store yeah, I mean, just or thanks this podcast. for or, or definitely this podcast. <laughs> we'll get um, REM in there with Bang and Blame. Why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eddie, d- Eddie did not open his yet, though. No, but when you do, you'll know. <laughs> yes, we will, especially on the air tomorrow. <laughs> My volume may change drastically, but uh, yeah. We'll happy see. birthday! Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, uh, I think though what I didn't realize I is sub- we forgot I, to mention that you have the appearance on Bold Gold Radio app. Yes, we the radio stations have their have the uh, the apps on uh, the Radio Bold app, one of which is, of course, the station I work at, 95.9 VOSFM. And you can listen to A. Wilson every morning, Monday From through Friday. From 6 to 9. Yes, playing the greatest hits of all time. There we go. We had to get that in there. <laughs> Plug. Okay. Well, I wanted it in there. Well, my op- the opening that I didn't realize was seeing one of the opening shots, I believe, was the close-up, the floor ground version shot of... The ankle bracelet. Yeah, that Hawkeye. Was I noticed wearing. that on my third viewing, and I said, "Wait a second. On your third viewing, yeah, that I'm was not a, paying that attention was like, to his gams. No, that was that was a full shot. I did yeah, not they, like, they went right in of, on the ankle monitor and then like scoped up, basically. Pretty much. Oh wow, no, I didn't yeah. know that. I saw it with my mom, and I just pushed her, and I'm like, "You see that? So that was probably from his plea deal, then, yeah. Which I f- completely forgot about, or need to remember, whichever comes first, so that he, like, like Ant Man, could." be under what house arrest and be able to still be with his family and, and that whole kind of thing. I'm trying to remember what he did to earn the ankle bracelet. Am I it was being involved fan? in civil war. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So he, yeah, 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 okay. Okay. So he did a lot of bad things and this was the He did you know. a bad bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Melnick breaking into song. Yeah, it's one. interesting cuz you never really see the you never really see the deliberation of like, "Hey, you guys were fighting the good guys, so we, you guys are under arrest. Stop, criminal. You you violated the law." Like there was no there was the no, law. Yeah, there was no, like, uh, judge uh, there, there was no like court hearing or anything like that, so 
Yeah, but it, how just, riveting of a movie would that be? <laughs> but like, at least like an after credit scene or like yeah. s- some sort of media to because like they jumped from the the good guys are fighting each other and that's bad to yeah. like <laughs> homie's got an ankle bracelet like well, why? I think they touched on it in the last one because that's why he wanted to stay with his family because he was still under house arrest in Infinity War I think. Did they did they mention house arrest? Because that was the post. Civil War stuff. Yeah, I'm but did they sure. did they mention that? Because I don't think I saw that in Infinity War. I've watched Infinity War like five times now. No, that's one to, that, to, to ingest some more. But I always yeah, associated yeah. the ankle monitor with with Ant Man, and totally forgot about oh, Hawkeye yeah. being oh, in the same yeah. situation. You mentioning, by the way, that you've seen uh, Infinity War five times, and you know this once right now. Both movies flow really fast. Oh yeah, you don't even recognize that you're in the the uh, the movie for three hours. Like I, there was not a moment where I was like, God, this is dragging. I really need to pee. Like it was just you're invested. Yeah, yeah, I was glued the whole time. I, I couldn't, I couldn't. You know, normally like my mind will start to wander during movies, except for like during Infinity War and Endgame. I was just like, th- uh, I'm here. I'm in this movie right now. It was almost a little too fast. And I'm cu- too furious, even. Yeah, yeah. Vin Diesel. Nick Furious. Yeah. <laughs> ludicrous. <sighs> Tokyo Drifty. They did go ludicrous speed. Flavor yeah. Flav. <laughs> but the thing is, with the whole uh, movie, did you got, Did any of you guys watch Infinity War pre-gaming it? Like, so you watched Infinity War before Endgame? Uh, no, no not... I, I think the last time I saw Infinity War was like a week and a half ago. I was pressed for time, so I ended up watching yeah. maybe like the first hour of the movie, but it was still like, that one is, again... It flows so fast. Yeah. The one thing that I will say, though, is uh, I got real tired of Thanos' smug face. About, like, three quarters of the way through the movie, I was like... Well, it was on the ground eventually. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, is that, like, for three quarters of the way through the movie, like, you know, when all of the the hijinks started happening and, and, like, their worst fears started materializing, I was just like, you know... I was much happier when you were decapitated. Uh, like the world, I could breathe easier. Like you're I, back again. I love the we're concept. Doing this? Of, I love the concept of Thanos hijinks. What is he doing? Stealing like hostess pies? <laughs> like is it 1978 again? No, he's heisting the heist. Like, like yeah. it's an it's an episode of Pink Panther. It really is. Ah, it's just like Fan- a time heist. Thanos stole 40 cakes. That's as much as 10 fours, and that is terrible. <laughs> I think shout I think out to Lex Luthor. If we if uh, we kept up and paid somewhat attention to the movies throughout, we caught pretty much all. I think the references to the prior films that were made, that were sprinkled all throughout, really, and, and one liners as well. You know, there is a theory that was floating around the internet uh, before this movie came out that was a hundred and ten percent confirmed, and that theory involved Iron Man's right arm. Uh, so. It, Every movie that Iron Man is in, except for his cameos and like after credit scenes or his cameo in Homecoming, uh, some is some, it really a cameo in Homecoming though? It's not really. It's just like ten minutes, honestly, and him trying to bang Aunt May. Can you blame him? No, <laughs> not at all. Sorry, Katie. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so he, you know. In the first movie, when he takes flight in the the silver suit, the only arm that the armor is busted off of is his right arm. In Iron Man 2, he catches Whiplash's uh, whip with Mm -hmm. his right arm. And that's the arm that's getting torqued and twisted and shocked with all that energy. Do you say twerked? 
Torqued. Oh, torqued. Oh, not torqued. T O R Q U E D. Something different together. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, we're not going to talk about the Ant Man Thanos theory. Uh, so no, we already had an episode devoted to that. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, there's a petition Josh, going. <laughs> Josh Brolin posted a picture of Thanos in the shower, like naked, and it was hashtag. Oh, it was him. Uh, that's right. I hashtag powerlifting Ant Man squish. Yes. Yeah. There's yeah. there's a petition going on saying redo the movie with that ending oh no please no stop so in every movie that Iron Man's in his right arm suffers incredible damage in Avengers in a car falls on it uh in the in one of the movies in his HUD he uh his right arm is flashing red and like they've been very softly subtly hinting at it and what hand does he make the gauntlet for but the right hand. What hand does he end up sucking the Infinity Stones into and doing the snap? I was worried you were going some other direction just now. (laughs) Was his right hand. And uh, I thought that that was really cool that that theory got found out and that theory was confirmed. It was was really cool to see that because I was like, wow, I, I can't believe I hopped on this bandwagon so long ago and... You know, the payoff is incredible. All my friends are going to think I'm so cool. (laughs) And also the other theory that had been proven was mentioned by our guest co-host a few weeks ago, CJ Mira, involving the vision that he has during Age of Ultron. That came to fruition as well. Oh, absolutely. And so this is a movie about a lot of theories coming to, you know, be true. And there's also another theory going around right now involving the ending, which we're going to, you know, fast forward a little bit towards, but... I ran it by you guys, and guys were surprised. Ben Mendelsohn, as far as we know, shows up in the end of the film. In the scene where Peter's talking, he's giving a big hug to uh, Ned. If you see, there's a guy in a gray suit, gray hair, waving to the uh, students. And as far as we know, that's Ben Mendelsohn. But you know what, with regards to that scene, sorry to jump in, um, since at least five years had gone by, these students have not graduated yet, or whatever. Uh, I think they were all snapped away. I, I think yeah. I think he and I think both because the only the only kid that you see really is um, Ned is is Ned and and yeah he probably was snapped away as well and uh, you know you mean we got to go to school again and then I know sadly <laughs> I didn't see Captain Marvel yet hopefully I'll be able to soon but I know people were talking about how um, the Krulls, uh, scrolls scrolls sorry said that. They were good guys in that movie, which I mean, you know, obviously throughout his Marvel history, they're not. And I mean, if I was a bad guy. And if they're looking to invade, that's a good way to play off them invading people. And Earth itself is through trying to be nice guys and then getting into the youth and such. So they're nice guys. That means they're going to, you know, try and be nice to a lady and then. By being a nice guy, clearly it ensures a relationship. Yeah, just like the last do nice guy. don't sleep with me for opening a door for you. This is not <laughs> what they said on the forums that it was going to happen. You were supposed to fall on your knees and worship me. Wow. Asterisk tips my fedora. Asterisk. Time for exchanges. And Eddie, you're lucky. <laughs> Chivalry yeah. is dead. <laughs> I didn't even know it was sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,. Speaking of of not knowing things were dead, uh, Howard Thuduck. Yes, Howard as, Thuduck. As, as Peter refers to him. Howard the Duck showing up at the end. Uh, I didn't catch it at first, and then we look back at pictures, and he is there. With pictures ha- of Howard. Howard the Duck. Yeah, how- Spider-Man. I'm very... I- cu- <laughs> it makes sense. J. Jonah Jameson is somewhere <laughs> screaming, These are not the pictures I asked for! <laughs> I appreciate them. <laughs> crap, crap, mega crap. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, how the hell did he get out of the tube? 
He was in a tube. Who, Howard? Yeah. No. Well, he was also in Guardians Volume 2. Once yeah. you go duck. Oh, right, yeah. So, yeah. The Probably wacky... voiced by Stan Lee. Well, actually, he he was in the the uh, post credit scene in Guardians One as well. Yes. No, is it gross? Isn't the guy that's playing War Machine going to be voicing Howard the Duck? I believe no, in the new Don, show. Don Cheadle is voicing Donald Duck. Oh, okay, Duck that's Dolls. who it is. There <laughs> we go. Okay. <laughs> Which so we're getting our foul mixed up. It's not good, yes. boys. This is a foul tangent right now. But oh, one of my favorite things in most ice. recent stop that. <laughs> My, one of my favorite things in recent memory is, and this is real, the Disney Channel did a little sizzle reel talking about Don Cheadle voicing Donald Duck. Top five anime <laughs> crossovers. And, yeah, and the thing about it is this, and it's real. He basically plays uh, Donald Duck after, you know, getting a uh, potion or something done on him, and, you know, you that, and then it goes, hello. <laughs> so he can, he's got Don Cheadle's voice. And they show Don Cheadle doing an interview for Disney, and it says... Don Cheadle, uh, actor, fan of Survivor, voice of Donald Duck. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that, is a, that is a list of titles. Yes. I want to have a title that illustrious. Mother of Dragons, Breaker of Chains, voice of Donald Duck, Thanos Survivor. <laughs> hey. It's real. Um, uh, that's a versatile actor. Now, come on. Don't knock it. It's so hard for me to take Don Cheadle seriously. And like he's does, he does such a great job as War Machine. But if you have seen College Humor's Don Cheadle as Captain Planet. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, my God. Cheese whiz. His best superhero uh, film ever. It was just. I have to send it to you, Eddie. It's really funny. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Remember, don't litter and recycle or I'll turn you into a fucking tree. <laughs> like, <laughs> Almost sounds like his version of Captain America public service announcements. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Um, so you spoiled Endgame for people. Which, of, by the way... It's America's ass. That's a thing that's been going on a lot lately. When I got to see the movie, I, like I said, I was lucky. I got to go to the press screening, got to see it and enjoy it, and I didn't have to worry about any spoilers. Although, I did get the spoiler done of uh, a few days before of Hulk holding the uh, gauntlet. Got it spoiled for me on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram was, I follow a hashtag Marvel, and it showed up as I was scrolling. I'm like, you son of a bitch. So I, I saw that picture, and I thought that that was Photoshopped, nope, and I sent real. it to our group chat, oh, and boy. I felt like a total jerk because a friend of mine messaged me, and he's like, just so you know, that picture that you sent to the group chat is in the movie, so congratulations, I'm spoiling it for you. <laughs> now, the other thing about it is this. People have been, because they're real edgy, they go outside of movie theaters yelling spoilers at people. And this has happened. When I went to go see it with my mom, she was like a, an emotional wreck because of the passing of Tony, which we're going to get to at the end of the episode or whenever we can. But she walks out and she's hearing, Tony Stark dies by a bunch of teenagers. Oh, man. I'm too much of a hard ass. I would be kicking people in the teeth. Same. Well, recently a guy got the shit beat out of him at a Domino's because somebody yeah. spoiled it. Like, look that up. That's real. And it, it sucks because you spoil a movie for people who have invested 10 years of emotional connections with these characters investment of watching these movies and enjoying them and to have some little schmuck go Tony Stark dies that's an asshole move yeah no absolutely and what is it what does it get you it gets you and your three friends a chuckle at best yeah. and or then, broken teeth uh, yeah well yeah well, yeah it depends on who you're around like if you're around me or, like it, it's it's really funny cuz like people walk into our shop and they're like oh this is a comic shop everybody's a bunch of nerds except that like we're not <laughs> like i mean we are we have nerdy tendencies and we enjoy nerdy things but like we're not your typical nerds who like 
pretend to study the art of the sword yes. and like sleep next to waifu <laughs> pillows. Like I like tips fedora gently. Like <laughs> my mom went to jail when I was young because she was a drug dealer. Like I grew up a hard ass. Like and and Josh too. Josh has like six older brothers and they all tussled. So like when we have a spoiler free environment and we threaten painful painful <laughs> assault no on pe- all right we do not, not endorse violence assault. we don't endorse violence but we will take you out back and not endorse violence yes yeah exactly we'll meet you we'll meet you in the and alleyway and we'll replay the scene from captain america the first <laughs> avenger it's even worse for a lot of like older people though too that are going to see these movies because like you know for me i'm i'm only 24 i'm younger i've recently got into comics within the past five years um, actually even last three years actually. And like for some people that grew up with it, you know, it is like their lifetime role models that they're finally getting to see on the big screen and done properly. And like, yeah, done very, very well. Like this is the most epic movie that has ever been made. Like whether you like comics or not, this movie is like the pinnacle of the film industry, you know? And for some people that means a lot to them. And that's, that would suck for the people that were invested that much, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of their life into these uh, characters that it was ruined by some shitty 12 year old. Spoilers. The 12 year old ends up getting stuck in a loveless marriage when he's 27 years old. (laughs) And And probably goes to jail. And like, like how are you going to ruin a movie that Marvel finally showed a decapitation in? Like there was blood. There was real blood. It was impressive. Alien blood. Alien blood. That's not real blood. Face blood. Purple blood. Pre- Actually, it's not fake. It's predetermined blood. Okay. Ah, right. What was he's it right. we said before we started the show? It was uh, Thanos's blood pressure must have been really high. He really needs to he lay up. Just, just oh eats a lot of sunflower seeds. Just so many. Just <laughs> so much salty. sodium. <laughs> Peter is off. another sunflower seed com- co- consumer. So yeah. Hell yeah. So, so like, this leads me into a couple of my issues. Um, first off, I know Captain Marvel can fly fast, but. How can she fly that fast carrying the ship? She can't move at light speed and go through the jump the the jump points like the spaceships can. A wizard did it. Right. But like she flew back carrying the ship in like 0.5 seconds. I'm like, "Uh, that's probably not accurate. It probably would have taken you the 5 years later that it it was to get back." You know. I mean, granted Tony Stark was a skeleton basically by the time they came back, but like which also, like, I don't think not eating for two weeks is going to turn you into a, a sack of skin. I mean, eating very little is going to turn you into a sack of skin. Like, there were a couple of things where, like, they pushed it a little far. Like, they, they exaggerated a little bit. And it, it felt In like... a comic a, book movie? Yeah. And then, there were like, there were a couple of points that, like, they just wanted to tie up loose ends and they didn't want you to ask questions. Like... Captain America goes back in time to replace all six of these stones. God knows how he put the Aether back in Jane Foster. Like, <laughs> I had that to bring up, too, about the extraction that Rocket did. You didn't get to see how it actually happened and what it did to Jane. Yeah. I think that means they did not show her because, well, we were using archive footage of her. We better not pair for this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get that part, but... Yeah, it was archive it. footage, wasn't it? Uh, it I don't know. I, I was wondering if they just got Natalie Portman. I'd imagine I didn't, so. I, she was at the premiere. <laughs> so I did not see any of the Thor movies except Ragnarok. What? I saw Ragnarok. Wow. I, I kept falling asleep during the original Thor, and I just skipped the Dark World. The original Thor is a good movie. <laughs> yeah. The less said about Dark World, the better. But Ragnarok is, you know, it's a Ragnarok redeemer. was phenomenal. I yes. loved it. It was an 80s wet dream. And that, like, I think the the shot of Thor coming down on the lightning bolt after after Hell is like, what are you the god of? Yeah, yeah, seriously. One of the best scenes that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has. Like, top five scenes of all time. It has led to a lot of people saying, every time Thor shows up, it should be a immigrant song. No, 
It was go to one and done. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe, you know, have him come out to Thunderstruck by ACDC. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or Eddie, Eddie, think of a Cat Stevens song that he could come out to. A Cat Stevens song? Yes. Wild World? I don't know. Uh, good enough. <laughs> uh, Morning Has Broken? I don't think so. I think, come on. I think un- until... Another until, Saturday Night? I'm sorry. I'm no, on a tangent. No, 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 no. <laughs> until he cuts the weight, though, he should only come out of music that was in the soundtrack for The Big Lebowski. Or with a tuba. Or with a tuba. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Lebowski <laughs> nod was great, because as soon as he was walking in, I was like, dude. it's the dude. And then Tony Stark was like, oh, what's up, Lebowski? I will openly admit, by the way, once the movie was over, I designed two t-shirts that are on my teapot page which you can check out on tpublic.com the big thorboski i was really proud of that oh my god and then bunch of bullshit done in the style of the back to the future logo that's oh, amazing god. so check those out get uh, me money what's the teespring link tpublic.com and like i said just google it okay yeah what do you think about dissing on back to the future <laughs> from well, the, in the i'm enjoying it from a financial standpoint <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, uh, there's there's a like, you know, the the Captain America going back in time with the stones. And then how does he just appear on the park bench? See, the part that got me with that, besides like how he put the stones back. Um, how did he get the, soul, the fact put the soul that stone back? they went in the past? And that I'm curious. And hi, Red Skull. Yeah. Know, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, that's what bothered me. I know the past Gamora came back. Why didn't Black Widow? Why would she? Actually, I think the more important question is why is Gamora? Why is that's Gamora? fair? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not moving at all. He cannot see me. I love that the why is Gamora scene or the line was improvised. Like that's the magic of Big Dave. Oh, that's so yeah. good. <laughs> all that wrestling really went to his head with all those concussions and such. Yikes! <laughs> no, 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 no. He's done a great job as Drax the Destroyer, and I think that. Um, you know, I didn't read a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy growing up. I uh, I didn't read a lot. Neither I mean, honestly, honestly, I really did. I really don't read a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy now. It's just not really my flavor of oh, comic. You should. It's good. But <laughs> but like for for somebody named Drax the Destroyer and to be as intimidating looking as he is and as vicious of a fighter as he is, the lines that come out of his mouth are, are so goofy, are so golden. Contrary. It's pure yeah. gold. Yeah. It's like he's the straight man and the comedian all in one. It's 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 a paradox. Yeah, no, it's not two boats yeah, side by side. I didn't even yeah, know sure. it was Batista for the longest time, and I was a huge wrestling fan. And when I found out that was David Batista, I just like my jaw dropped. And, and then you Batista bombed it a made cat. Me, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it made me so much happier. No a raccoon. Just... <laughs> Rabbit. Sweet rap. Yes. <laughs> Damn it, we both Whatever, like, he eats trash. Over it. <laughs> which another holy the, moly moment. Come on now. Which, by the way, speaking of sweet rabbit, they actually have a random person, an Asgard citizen yells, get that rabbit! And I was dying when I heard that. Oh, man. Because again, this movie was, it's not a bad thing when I say this. The movie is three hours of, I understood that reference. Yeah. Yes. I understood that reference. And I had no problem with that. There's some movies where you can do that and it's a problem. But this was a movie where you do your references. You do them over and over. And they are beneficial. Oh, absolutely. Um, man, there was there was a, a moment during that battle uh, at Avengers HQ when everybody just started showing up. And I was just like... Oh, 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 that, this movie, that movie, this movie, that movie, this movie, that movie. I was like, oh my God. I wanted Obadiah Stain or Stan, whatever his name was, Jeff Bridges. I wanted him to show up somehow in the movie. That too, yes. Please, no. God. I wanted no. him. I like, Tony. No. Tony. 
He could, Tony had enough going on. Like he, exactly he hugged right. his dad. Yeah, that's true. He, he quoted his dad <laughs> to his dad, and his dad didn't notice. He's like, "Oh, that was a smart man. This guy kind of looks like me, and he knows my quote." And I'm a very intelligent man who's working on all this advanced technology. Can't even contemplate the thought of, like, how narcissistic is he to be like, oh, that is a good quote. Guess I'm going to use that forever. Man, for, like, for a split second, I thought you were going to make it sound like Tony had a big day. He did this. He did this. And then he went all the way up the slide and all the way back down. He had a fun day at the playground. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. Like a lot of stuff. Well, yeah. going back to the cap thing uh, with the stones and all, and I guess we can assume that when he took Mjolnir with him, and it didn't come back, it must, I assume, have gone back to Thor. Jane Foster. Or I mean, in the comics, Jane Foster does become Thor. Uh, yes. But because yes. she's a cancer patient, she yeah. ends up discovering... I haven't read them, though. I've wanted to read them. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, she becomes Thor for a while, so, like, it's a possibility. I mean, that's only in the recent comics, though, right? 2014, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, mm, Secret Invasion I know, there's, was There's a lot of things that they hinted at. Years because, ago. like, years with, ago, with yeah. Hawkeye's daughter, they have the new series coming out where I believe she is taking the Hawkeye She's, mantle. Yeah, he even yeah. Call, he calls her Hawkeye when he pats her on the back when yes. she shoots the bullseye. Yes, in the beginning, yes, yes. So, I mean, the, it, it's not impossible that we see... And then the Asgardians reference, of course, the Asgardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. That just came Which, out this year. By the way, that get, that got a laugh every single showing I was at, yeah. and I'm also like, "But you guys, it really is a thing." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all know who's in charge here. Me, me. Yeah. It's it's me. I love yes, the simplicity. Uh, of, course. of course, of course, of course, of course. It is. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> just the like it's just so yeah. Yeah. And no, uh, I just want to make a statement to all of you incels who had an issue with the quote unquote girl power scene. I was going to say that. Suck it. Yeah, that girl power scene was great. It was great. It was great. It was not. It was not gratuitous. It was not. Any, oh like, no, it totally was. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't it was forced in the sense that like it made no sense. Okay, well, if just to point, just to make sure everybody's got that on the same page, that's I believe when Captain Marvel takes the gauntlet from Spider Man, and, and then she's backed up by Pepper Potts, Shuri, uh, all the girls, Mantis, yeah, everybody, yeah, come on. Uh, Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch, like yeah, every every Black Widow, yeah, every female superhero that was available. Black Widow was not there. No, because that was after she was gone. Okay, yeah. very good. So very like good. every yep. every female superhero that was in that fight, that was notable. Not like you know, I'm I, part of the army. Um, was was in that shot, and I thought it was incredible. It was a great action shot. It's a comic book movie. They were doing comic book poses. Let people like things. Just and honestly, these people going on about that. You do know Air A Force exists, right? Y'all do know this. It's they're real. Yeah. It's another Peter Melnick Southern reference here. No, A Force. <laughs> no, y'all. Well, I, I can say I can say words. Eddie. Do, I, yes, 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 sometimes. I say y'all all the time. I say y'all all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and podcast. But like you're up in Boston. I want to say that one though. No, okay. I mean, I, I lived just, in Maine for two years and I, when I first moved back I had a pretty wicked uh, accent and I still say wicked. Oh, sure. Like I've noticed, noticed that. Yeah, yeah. That's well, in the course a of a year of podcast thing. plus with this person to my diagonal, diagonal right. On your diagonal right. When linguistics change, I notice. It's oh, my job. Absolutely. I am the watcher. Oh. Wait till you see Actually, my, my next cosplay. <laughs> Stan Lee is the watcher. There we go. Mm-hmm. Well, he's one of them true believers. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of watching, I wanted to, I mean, I mentioned Black Widow in, in Eric, but... 
Someone had told me, did you take a look, when you see it the second time, look at the necklace that Black Widow is wearing. And and I forget what scene. I thought it might have been when they were about to really get... It was really pretty. Did you like it, Eddie? When they were getting into their <laughs> um, time travel <laughs> costumes, uniforms. Uh, it looked like it might have been a name across the, the center of the, of the necklace. But then a friend of mine said, it was an arrow. Okay. I didn't, you know, look into that any further. But Ant-Man comes back. He's in a... What looks like a rundown neighborhood. I'm not sure if the house behind him was the former Lang house, if there was any significance to that or not. But when the kid on the bike comes by, he does stop and, and he says, and Ant Man says to him, What happened here? The kid just gives him a smug look and kind of wipes his nose on his sleeve and just keeps he had going. Yeah, he, was he... this kid, uh, you know, should he have had a line? Was he of any uh, importance to, to do what he did, which is not much? Um, I think that. It'd be really funny if he shows up in Phase Four. That's all. That kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Um, Booger I boy. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up. You know, later down the line. Now Black that, Bolt. Now that Disney owns say. Fox. Oh, there we go. <laughs> now that Disney owns Fox, or maybe he's a scroll. He was wearing green, and we know that Marvel likes things with colors and foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. And five shadowing. And arm shadowing. That's <laughs> an arm shadow. Uh, Iron Man's arm. <laughs> one, okay. one thing, by the way, we want to point out is in the scene where the, you know he's looking at the wall, uh, the wall, the monument of all the names. Yes. A friend of the show, Daiku, on Twitter, she pointed out that his name shows up for a second and then it disappears the next shot, like it's not there. That is interesting. Wait, yeah. whose name? Scott, Scott Lang. Lang. Really? Before the yeah, the next shot, it goes right back the, and what, he's not there. At least five second shot. Oh, okay. I, Huh. But he looks back at it. He's like, well, "Where is it? Or not, where is it?" But like he sees it, and we're supposed to see Scott Lang there, but it's not there. They, you know, messed up. Well, he wasn't really looking for his name to begin with. He was I don't looking think. for right, but then yes. they look back yeah. to it again, and it's not that. Yeah, huh. so weird. How that did he weird. know? Uh, you know, and again, maybe that was the same house. But otherwise, I'm thinking, how did he know where to find her? Uh, it was absolutely his house. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was yeah. absolutely his house. Okay. Uh, it just like the rest of the world is run down. Yeah. And probably. I just want to give a shout out to the rat. Uh, in the very beginning of the movie, that... The real hero who gave us a sequel, not Star-Lord. Shut up, nerds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, without I'm that little still. guy. Without that little guy. So uh, anybody who has uh, little rat babies at home, anybody who has a pet rat, uh, thank you. Keep them happy. Keep them uh, Keep rats, them warm. Rats are adorable. Rats also, are adorable. anyone who has possums, that, nothing to do with this, but just I, as a possum enthusiast, what up, guys? Yeah, Peter has a habit of airdropping possum photos <laughs> to random strangers I while do. he's waiting for trains. the greatest thing ever. I live for those posts. So They're a little the Easter egg thing I saw online about that scene too was um, apparently um, in the security footage of the guy that was watching um, Ant-Man there get Kim out of Jong. the cage. Um, it <laughs> Yes. Um, Which, it, by the way, it showed 616 on the glass for like the oh, planet of Earth, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Oh, no, well, it's actually the universe. Yeah. Or universe. Earth, Earth yeah. 616 is yep. uh, the, the Marvel universe, yeah. By, well, the, by the way, with uh, the person, him, uh, Dr. Ken, he shows up from the show Community. Mm-hmm. Which is a callback from the Russo brothers, and also Yvette, yes, who is from uh, Community in the elevator scene. Who was that guy? Oh, very suspicious guy. Which, by the way, there was a line in there. I thought of you instantaneously. What kind of beard was it? BGs or Mungo Jerry? Oh, definitely Mungo Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> um, did anybody else notice that one of the Russo brothers was in the support yes. meeting, as yes. well as Jim Starlin? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Well. Jim Starlin's face is not one I am attuned to. Uh, bald guy. 
I was yes. in, in yeah. the press screening. I was the only one who reacted to it. I go, oh my God, John, look! <laughs> <laughs> and having interviewed Jim Starlin at an Albany Comic Con and for this last episode. year or so, yeah, uh, in person, getting a fix on his face, then I knew from the first time seeing that, yeah, oh, Jim Starlin, yes. Yeah, Very yeah. Cool. Doug pointed out the Russo brother. I realized afterwards that Starlin was there. I yeah, like, yeah it's totally, pretty neat. I totally drew a blank. Yeah. I was like, this guy looks like somebody, but I can't put my finger on it. I can't <laughs> Yeah, well, you were in the neighborhood, snap, right? Snap, exactly. Snap. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, somebody had, had said to me, I, I think maybe by a text or something, that there was a mention of or a drop of a name that we totally didn't expect to hear. I don't know what part it was, if it's totally fabricated, but Wolverine. Oh, where? I don't know. I don't know if there's any credence to anybody caught that at all, huh. or no. I'm just throwing this out. You know, this one goes right out the window. Or I mean, it, they they definitely could have nodded towards it. I think because now that they own um, what Sony Fox, and stuff, or Fox, Fox whoever Sony it was has, that owned uh, them previously, Spider Man, yeah, whatever, whoever owned X Men previously, you know, Marvel now has under. So they definitely could have. Um, be interesting because I mean, obviously Scarlet Witch is a mutant, so. Uh, yeah, when Scarlet Witch shows oh up God. in front of Thanos and her eyes are all that red, I was just was like, amazing. I, it was very audible. It's funny because there were only like 14 people in the theater and a couple of our friends were in the theater with us and they stopped <laughs> by the store after we got back and they were like, yeah, we heard you. But like, there were a couple <laughs> of moments, like when she shows up in front of Thanos and her eyes glow red. Josh just hears me go, oh, shit. <laughs> it was great. Oh, you're in for it now, man. Now, the funniest thing is that scene with Scarlet Witch when she goes, you took away everything I loved. Yeah, yeah. Thanos just goes, which is the most meme-worthy line. <laughs> I have no idea who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Every showing I went to, with the exception of the first, everyone, like, Everyone laughed at the first one. I'm like, come on, that's such a great line. I, yes. I, I can't tell you how many times that has happened to me with yeah. exes. Like, <laughs> you yeah. destroyed everything I love. Uh -oh. I have no idea who you are. That line just got personal for Doug. <laughs> it's, it's perfect for all sorts of occasions. Saw somebody you went to high school with. You remember me? I have no idea who you are. <laughs> that's even, that's, you know, that amplifies, or maybe if you want to trace it back to the first Guardians movie with the with the conversation Ooh. between Drax no not and Drax between Drax and Ronan no, you killed my wife you oh, killed yeah. my daughter I don't recall you know the first time they talked yeah but still I have no idea who Peter, you are so. avenge me no <laughs> <laughs> oh my god seeing Peter finally go into instant kill mode yeah and those Holy legs hell. doing work oh my god well that was a great call back to homecoming <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Well, that just, you know what, now that you mention it, and I remember seeing, of course, that scene twice, and now the second time hearing him say Kins to Kill Mode, I'm thinking, holy cow, he's like, like, Doc Ock. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it just dawned on me that way. The yeah. die is cast. <laughs> you beat me to it. Man, if anybody has a worn out catchphrase, I, it is Octavius. I love that in the comics in Spider Geddon, PS4 Spidey goes, you really need a new catchphrase, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's, uh,. That movie is just chock full of just like everybody getting theirs. It really yeah. is. Uh, watching, watch it oh, when Captain America, you just see Mjolnir go flying, and I'm like, okay, he's telekinetic. Thor's gonna make it hit him in the head. He's telekinetically make it, and then you just see he's Captain America come out of the sky and just whack. Whoo. That was a whoa! Moment. I yelled out. I, I yelled out loud. I was just like, "What?" Yeah, that's what yelling does. Usually, it's out loud. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then, of course, Thor saying, "I knew it." 
Yeah. And that harkens back to what? The uh, second, Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. They're all drinking. He did budge the hammer. Yeah. Oh, my God, you guys. That was a nice slow burn that we finally got to see that happen. We've been waiting a long time for that. On top of that, you know, shout out to friend of the show, Joe Abraham, former co-host. The deity of America's ass. He got to hold the hammer. <laughs> he did. He did. Oh my God! When he when he knocks out himself with the scepter and he looks down and goes, "That is America's ass." Yeah, <laughs> oh, so good. And to totally disorient the other cap by saying Bucky is alive. Oh yeah, that was now, a yeah. solid, so, solid move. A lot of people have said that's Marvel's Martha moment. Yeah, it's Marvel's Martha moment. If it that didn't makes suck, sense. it makes sense. Yeah, and it didn't suck. Yeah, yeah, just like, I didn't make that that parallel. But I, okay, I right. did when I saw like my first show. I'm like, why you say that name? <laughs> I did look at but Johnny I have go to, then. before we drift off the the hammer and shield comparison. You know, same guy holding them, and you may have seen it, listeners, on pictures posted or will see hopefully on the marvelous page on my own Eddie Wilson page that when I went at, and I told people I didn't couldn't make up my mind. I had. <laughs> an Iron Man long sleeve shirt. I had my face painted either full or half green. And he was just one people. hand holding a shield and one hand holding the hammer. I, I had no had idea that would be so relevant. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm like, wow. Yeah, Hulk and uh Hulk and Iron Man and Cap and uh Thor. That was a good combo because Core I mean, four. Yeah. <laughs> how well, how mean, did you represent Black Widow? Did I were say were, Black Widow? Were you wearing a spicy little number underneath Eddie? Not telling. <laughs> <laughs> point shoes. He was wearing point shoes. Yeah, that's a that's a really obscure <laughs> reference, um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean Hulk wearing the the Iron Man gauntlet that he, which by the way, it's another one of my issues is this this giant dwarf in in, in Infinity wait dwarf uh, what's dwarf. His? Peter oh I thought we were talking about Tim Conway's uh, golfing character. My hands <laughs> are sealed in Uru. No, like oh uh, you mean sm- uh, Sweetums from the Muppets like we said last year. <laughs> But it took Tyrion Lannister how long to make the Infinity Gauntlet out of metals from a Dude's dead got short star, arms. and and it took Tony Stark how long to make a, a an Iron Infinity Gauntlet? In the interest of fairness, remember what Tony did with that box of scraps in the cave? He made Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. You know, talking about him in that cave, though, um, a neat little thing. Uh, when he left the cave, the line that he said when he returned was that he wanted a cheeseburger. What did his daughter say at the end? Oh, my God. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, I knew cheeseburger. right away when Happy asked her, asked Morgan, what would you want? Cheeseburgers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, hurt. like yeah. As, as a dad, every mo- like as a father to a daughter, uh, you know, like m- the all the scenes with Morgan really, really tugged at my heartstrings. The I love you 3000 thing, like my daughter and I have, uh, you know, uh, a contest every time we, we, we say goodbye of who loves who more and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not just I love you and I love you more. It's now I, you know I love you to, to infinity. I love you to infinity infinities. I love you. And beyond. Know. And like now my daughter wants to be a scientist, so she's going to bring quantum physics into this and then I'm just going to like oh, have I, to fight her to the death. I love you to, <laughs> I love you to gauntlet. Gonna, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the thing is that like, you know, like uh, so with the I love you 3000 thing, like really... Oh, and then at the end, the video, and I know before the show you mentioned you were like, it would have been better if it was I Love You Do 3001, and I think that... Some people have said that, and I agree, kind well, of. Well, yeah, but, but I, I think that I think that Iron Man finally not trying to one-up somebody, and that one person being his daughter, was really a defining moment for the end of Tony Stark. Yeah. It really brought a, a full conclusion to his character arc, 
And in regards to the conclusion of his character arc, we would be remiss if we talk about it, but his passing. Yeah. And it it tugged on my heartstrings when you hear the line of "You can rest now," and Pepper's like trying to console him in this. And it when you hear that, like that's something you really hear as someone is passing. You tell them things like that. The Russos nailed it with that line. Oh, and. Yeah. Again, you know, I'd seen the movie with my mom, but during my initial viewing, I'm watching this and I hear that. I'm like, oh, that's going to make her a wreck. And then the next thing that I realized, oh, why are you doing this even more? You see the light dim on the arc reactor. Yeah, under her hand. And I'm like, oh, cool. My mom's going to be a blubbering mess in (laughs) in like a couple days. You know, there was one thing that didn't like I'm used to them doing gestures and and focusing the camera on it and then cutting away from it and then it comes up later. When Tony first gets back from space, he rips off the arc reactor and slaps it in Cap's hand and yeah. says, "Here, go find him, slap this on your chest and hide." Like he never that never gets brought up again. The uh And then you see his concave chest by the way. That's yeah. so creepy. Uh, that was because he was emaciated and delirious. He did have a real thing. Yeah, yeah, he did have a hole in his chest. So like yeah. it's scarred over. Yeah. But it's Doug, just... did you really did you think you needed to have that brought up again? I mean, he was on a rant, justifiably, for being upset as he was. Uh you know, Cap not doing as much as Tony thought he should have. Uh but but should it have come back? At any time, to I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I think that there were a couple of tentative moments in the movie where Cap and Tony kind of, kind of made up, so to speak, because they hadn't really talked a lot at or at all, really, since Civil War. Um, but I think that, you know, they're they're probably it ended up on cutting room floor, but I think that a, a scene to really emotionally bring everyone together between Tony and Cap would have been. Would have been a, a, a little bit more definitive, you know, um, or maybe maybe not. Maybe Cap, you know, maybe Tony dying without Cap ever really being able to reconcile with him. I think is more. Impactful. I think they did reconcile because like when Tony and Natasha and Banner all go there or not Banner. He wasn't with them at that point. I don't think was he to go to uh Tony's house like in the 5 years later when he's living with his family and stuff, you know, and they try to enlist him to build the time machine oh, and yeah, stuff he and he's just like, "No, I'm not going to do it." But like when he actually came around and did do it and went back to them, right, I feel when like Tony went that back to- was the that was, apology that That was a reconciliation. Yeah. They shook hands. They were they were good, I think at that point. Yeah, it was yeah. just a little short. I guess. Okay. But, yeah. You know, sometimes People in that situation don't always, like, speak it out. You just do it through actions. So, yeah. you know. And uh, speaking of time travel, uh, somebody needs to get Al Gore to call Marvel and let them know that that is not how the internet works as far as Nebula's synaptic drive. I'm super thorough, you guys. You know, just like, it, the internet's a series of tubes. Just because two people with the same synaptic drive are on the same wavelength does not mean that they're going to override. And I don't want to get into... But they could be the yeah. same person and all that, and you don't know what their technology's like, you know? Yeah. This is like Thanos tech. And Ant-Man even said, <laughs> we, need to, we need to stick to the time travel tropes. Don't meet your past selves, so on and so forth. <laughs> And then Tony gets KTFO'd by... By, by himself. By Hulk. No, by Hulk. 
Oh, oh yes, yes, the yes. stairs. Yep, that's oh, right. That's yeah. right. Oh, yeah. God. The, the, them <laughs> keeping, like, when they went to the Hulk spiraling down the stairs, and he's like, oh, so many stairs. I hate the stairs. <laughs> was hysterical. Yes. He had a lot of good lines. And I think... Hulk stole the show. To, to have him in mid-transformation, but having both personas merged. together merged, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea for storyline, bad idea for practicality. Because like when he gets to, they get to 2012 yeah. New York, yeah. and they're like, maybe smash some things along the way. He goes, R taps a cab and it bends. Grr, lightly and he, tosses, and he lightly tosses, tosses a motorcycle. The, 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 this motorcycle. I loved his embarrassment of it. It's like, yes. oh, I was so immature. Oh my God. I used to wear that. So he tears. So he tears his tank top I'm off just to, shirts. you know. Yeah, yes. Yeah, big, big development. Big change. Yeah. Yeah. It was just. Uh, I think he was eating shawarma. No, he was having eggs and bacon and everything. A big, oh, big, big, yeah, big bowl of eggs and yeah, yeah. and then doing the photos. Twelve. Although speaking of things he was eating, they did a callback to him eating a big pint of hunk or of Hulka uh, Hulka. Burning yes. uh, fudge. Yes. Ben and, it ben was Ben and Jerry's. Jerry's. I didn't know what flavor it was. But it, yeah. it, well, it had to be that. I'm not. I couldn't really read it that well, it, but it is it Ben and Jerry's. Was. Yeah. Couldn't have been Chunky Monkey. Why Come would on. Why would he be eating Stark raving hazelnuts? <laughs> yeah. His own flavor. Yeah. yeah. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Um, you know, it, it just there were so many great references, like the the elevator scene when Captain America gets in the elevator. I yeah. was like, oh. this is this is just like Winter uh, Soldier. Winter Soldier. Especially with crossbones being there. Yeah. And then... I thought it was going to be the elevator scene with the, all right, you want to get out? Yeah, exactly. Like I was waiting for that. For That's the, the same thing. Especially when he reached for the gun. Kind of. It, no, that is the elevator scene where it's like, anybody wants to get off, gets off now. Yeah, but that was in Winter Soldier. Not, That's, the That's what we're, we're talking, talking about. about. Right, but it wasn't in Avengers, yeah. the first Avengers. Yeah, this was the first Avengers that they went back to in yeah. no, 2012. No, 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 I know. I'm talking about the elevator scene right. being they, a callback yeah, back were, to the Winter yeah. Soldier oh, yes, elevator scene. yes, But... When he uh, when he leans in and goes hail Hydra, yeah, oh the secret empire. I was just like, oh, none of you understood that at all. <laughs> yeah. I was like, nobody oh. in the theater made noise except me and Doug. Yeah, yeah but it, I but just it, went, but, oh. <laughs> but it made him be able to take the Tesseract out of the elevator. Yes. I did love that it was like a strip callback to the Nick Spencer stuff. Like the fact they did that yeah. was nice. It was a nice yeah. callback to that, and you know, Nick Spencer's probably like. Yeah, asshole. See, that's why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, there was. There was just. Thank you to the audience in the background, by yeah, the way. If, if that got picked they're, up, they're I guess it did. They're laughing louder, so we don't spoil it for them. Please. Um, a little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a couple of questions just to throw out to the group. Yes, I ask. Um, the humor in the movie versus the seriousness of it. Did it make things drag? Was it balanced? Perfectly balanced. This was there film enough, extracts a heavy toll. <laughs> eno enough of each? Yeah, uh, I, think, I liked it. I think it was well balanced. Because I had heard, at least from one source, that there wasn't enough action in it versus uh, were Infinity they War. The movie? Right. I, I think it needed to have those slow, solemn, regrouping, whatever they're going to do next moments. You need I to take a breath. Otherwise, yeah. you just become numb to it. Yeah. So, like, 
For example, I know it was a little off topic, but last night there was the Game of Thrones premiere, so we're talking about a spoiler episode. Does anyone here care if I spoil what happened last night? I'm like seven seasons behind. Okay, so I'm good? Yes. All right. So um, it was the Battle Battle of Winterfell. It was an 82-minute long episode with probably 75 minutes of nonstop action of just war. Total nonstop action. Dude, no, seriously. I almost had an anxiety attack how how intense it was. It was amazing to watch, but at a certain point, the action starts to blend together. So it's like, you know, all right, I'm just seeing more of the same stuff, people fighting. Like, you get numb to yes, it. Yes, it's interesting, but, like, you can't do an hour of action. No. So, like, I think Endgame, maybe a little more, maybe, like, five, ten minutes more, but, like, oh, my God, was the fight scene satisfying. Like, I think it was perfect as is, but I just love watching superheroes duke it out full power, and that was amazing to watch. Absolutely, no. yeah. They yeah. were choreographed well, yeah. and I think that it really showed off. Every Everybody got a moment to shine. That was Everybody. my next question. Did do you think that all the characters receive an adequate amount of screen time? An adequate amount? Oh, absolutely. Um, not Star Lord. Screen time, not so much. Uh, that, that I think we saw they all the, got a good enough moment. I think, mm-hmm. like Black Panther, when he goes, Peter, give it to me, and he goes sprinting because he has the suit that absorbs the the impact. Yes. And then he does a huge, you the know, kinetic blast yeah. and stuff. And like yeah. I'm like in my head, the gamer in me was just like. In an MMO, this guy would be amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I think I think they they touched on everyone well. You know, obviously the focus was the main Avengers group because, of course, that's what the movie's about. Like, yes, there's a lot of other people in it, but I think they showcased them well enough. Like, I, I still think Scarlet Witch's fight was my favorite. I don't know, that was insane, but yeah, she was right. hyped up. But by the same token, then was there too much time with Thor's time travel back with his mother? Um, was that too much? Or maybe it was filling in what could have possibly happened to I don't Frigga. think we were going to get a non-baby version of Thor without that. Like, the only way that Thor was going to come back, you know, with a vengeance, because realistically, from the way they projected his character, they uh, he was resigned. Like, in his head, he was checked out. There was no coming back. He was stuck in this, you know, the dude like the long hair, the long beard. He had crumbs in his beard. Fat Thor was the best part of the movie, in my opinion. I know people are mad about it. A well, lot of people. Why? On the internet. Yeah. Why? Because you're not taking the character seriously. You're not doing this. Thor has never been a serious character. He yeah. is an arrogant bastard. He, he didn't want to really be is. king, so there's something not serious right off the bat. Yeah. The, the joke over and over that people have already beaten to the ground and to dust, you know, kind of like in the style of my jokes. But it's Thor, you know, his body now. Hey, I got Thor bod now. I'm kind of happy yeah. with that. Yeah, and no, think, same. Like, now I feel a lot better about my body. Being <laughs> that, like, you know, yeah. all those things that uh, Brie Larson said about the, you know, the hottest man in the world being blonde hair, blue eyed and muscular. No, not anymore. Not anymore. Now he has the dad bod. And, you know, now I feel better about my ridiculous <laughs> hairstyle and my tummy. And then, like, you know, if like how the Avengers reacted to everything, they were like all showing different stages of like grief and like. Um, he was in the, denial. The, the steps to it. No, he was in the depressive mode. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He was he in was depression. He was eating, drinking uncontrollably. Um, Tony was accepted to it. Natasha was filled with denial. Uh, guilt or, and or denial. Or anger. Yeah. Uh, there, there were a couple others there, you know. Ant-Man um, was bargaining. Yeah, he was bargaining. Um, so was Natasha, kind of. Her and uh, Captain both kind of were in that, like, denial-y bargaining stage. Um, I think it was a good showcase. I don't know. I uh I I just thought that the the time you know the the time heist I had a I had a couple of heads up insider info 
before going to go see the movie. Like the first, like the final fight with Thanos, I was told was going to happen in the first thirty minutes of the movie, and I was like, okay, yeah, all right. And then the the final fight with Thanos did happen, you know, uh, in the first thirty minutes of the movie. And then I was also told um, that it was going to be a heist movie. And that it was going, you know, that they were going back in time to steal the stones and so on and so forth. Um, which brings me to another one of my issues. Getting the stone from uh, the ancient one. That was uh, a little easier than like, like she gave no explanation, which I guess makes sense with the whole Buddhist philosophy of like, I don't have to explain myself to you. This is just the answer. Well, I think it was more that she came to the realization of what Dr. Strange was doing yeah. is what it was. You know, because she said the Sorcerer Supreme is supposed to be the one who guards it at all times. So once she realized that he freely gave it up, she realized he had something planned and she should probably go along with his plan. Right. Because yeah. obviously he's better than her because he becomes the new Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. And, uh, you know, once again, Iron Man going up to Doctor Strange and being like, is that, you know, you said out of 14 million, whatever, this is our only one shot. Is this the is this the thing? He's like. Yeah, and then he holds up his finger later on, and he, you know, you won't do it exactly. If I if I tell you what happens, it won't happen. And I am not throwing away my shot. Sorry, it was a Hamilton reference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that every, you know, I to to go back to your, I think that everybody did get adequate. Uh, I I think everybody got in their moment to shine. Do I think they all got adequate screen time? Maybe not so much. I think that Star Lord got a pretty uh, a pretty appropriate. Uh, screen representation. When so he means here he comes. You missed it with the first one, and you got them both with the second. You know what bothers me about this? All the people on the internet going on saying, "Oh, Star Lord's fault." Oh, Star Lord's fault. Still, you know what, people? At least you got to see him beamed in the flashback and flashbacked in the beans. Okay, you got that. <laughs> you got that. <laughs> well, but, now why did they take Gamora out of this? And he's searching for her. What can we assume I mean yes it could lead into Guardians volume 3 so but why take Gamora out of this and not have her at the end when everybody is honoring Tony as the wreath is going out with the she doesn't owe them anything she doesn't know them all she was there to do was to stop her father and she was the time displaced version that yeah, wasn't Soulstone Gamora that no, was time that, displaced that was time displaced Gamora she has no idea what the hell has happened yeah. Nebula might take the time out to track her down and give her the skinny on everything that happened, but she had no reason to be there. She was yeah. she was there for one reason, one reason only, and that was to kick her father's ass and kick Star Lord in the nuts. Uh, so so I really think that you know the people who are like, oh, she should have been there. Logistically, no, because she had no reason to be. She had no connection to these people. Nebula was there because she fought alongside her. Gamora was probably like, all right, this is done. I'm out of here. This is really weird and awkward. I'm now at a party with all of your friends and no one knows me. Or everyone thinks they know me, but I don't know them. Yeah, so if it was a time displaced Gamora, then she had no connection to the other Guardians, I guess. Yeah, and, and I mean Gamora before all of the events that led up to Infinity or, War. The before a Gamora. Or, or, yeah. Before a Gamora <laughs> was very Gamora. vicious and mean. Or think about it like this. Maybe, you know, because Nebula was there. And they were tight in the movie still. Mm. Maybe uh, Gamora was, you know, sitting in the car the entire time. She's just like, I don't know. I'm just going to sit in the car, play some music, you know, whatever. Play my game. Cube. But the last <laughs> Gamora game reference. Boys. No, she's playing Groot's uh, video game system. <laughs> oh, there you go. Defenders. That's it. But the last Gamora reference I'll make is, of course, when you saw that uh, in the in the battle for who's going to sacrifice themselves between Hawkeye and Black Widow, you see Black Good Widow, Good Lord, is I that scene dark, by the way? That, yes, yes. In, yes. The, in the fall, then Black Widow's, I guess, taking the same 
pose as when Thanos threw Gamora off the cliff. It looked, or it looked very, it just immediately threw me back. I mean, to dead that. on the ground is still yeah. the same pose either way. <laughs> oh. Face up, arms this way, legs that way. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. That's, Face yeah. down, ass up. Oh, but that's man. how cows sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, a heifer, I, you too, buddy. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious, though, because, like, in the comics, they make it a, like, the Infinity Stones are a big deal. They really are. And in the movie, obviously, they're a big deal, but they're not as big a deal in the movie as they are in the comics, and I'll tell you why. I'll feed you baby birds. Um, <laughs> You're going to spit in their mouth? Yeah. Um, yes. That's hot. Yeah. Tell us more. I accidentally found my kink. So, uh, <laughs> Eddie did, too. There, There's uh, the volume Lola. Or <laughs> Lola all day <laughs> and all the night. That's exactly right. So, uh, in the comics, you, the average person, the average being, I should say, okay. cannot touch an Infinity Stone. They all disintegrate into pieces. And that's something Doug, they touched oh, oh, yeah. on in the previous movies. Right, right, right. Hulk could hold one. <laughs> yes. But, but he's gamma radiation. Right, right, right. Currently. Guys, are you sure you want to tell the audience at home they could go to Haven for Heroes and pick up a copy of the Infinity Gauntlet trade paperback? Yes, you can. <laughs> or you can just pick up one through, uh, I can't remember. Six? The, yeah, one through six. Yeah, we have a couple. Of each series. By the way, Eddie, I'm going to shame you again. You haven't read Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, we but have. I got, but I got the first issue signed. We read them. We, <laughs> we have a bunch of the issues, so we're more than happy to hook you up. Um, anyway, continue. Hulk holds one. Makes sense. Uh, Captain America has held one before, and that has made sense. Good enough. Uh, Hawk guy. Yeah. Not sure why he's Hawk guy was able to hold one. Especially a regular human. He's just the dude. That's an odd I one. I mean, yeah, he has a haircut very similar but to mine, and he has a, he has oh, a sleeve. Oh, that's why I thought you looked familiar. <laughs> his I could kind of excuse because he made the sacrifice there with Black Widow, so maybe and he was wearing a glove. the Soul Stone thought he was worthy, so it let him hold it or something, but... Oh, that's yeah. a little stretch. I don't know. It is. During that scene, by the way, where they're fighting over who gets to kill themselves, I, it almost <laughs> yeah. it oh felt God. borderline like rabbit season, duck season. Like yes. there's no rabbit season, duck season. Yeah. And I wanted them to look at, you know, uh, or like Elmer or, Skull. And it's just, they go, wait a minute, <laughs> we can throw this guy. But in order to throw someone, you have to, you know, throw somebody off the cliff and whatever. Yeah. You have to love them. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it was, it, I hate to bring this up, but it, it uh, it was very dark, and it reminded me of of a very dark real world video, like oh. not the MTV series. Oh, but, I was um, actually thinking that. Uh, so they released the uh, you, John. You can cut this if this is too dark. Uh, yeah. uh, they released the video and audio of the inside cameras of the school from the Columbine shooting. Jesus. And at the very serious? end, when Eric and Dylan were deciding on how to kill themselves, they were having moral uh, moral qualms about it, which is really strange considering what they had just committed. But they were like, okay, so we just get on our knees and we just do this? Okay, on the count of three. And then like one... Two and then the guy's like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this, man. Maybe you do me and then do yourself. And he's like, I don't know if I can do myself after I do you. Like they're arguing over how they're going to do it, and and it's really weird that this made me think of that because like they were both, they were both very locked in this debate over who was going to sacrifice themselves, and it was kind of like a weird, I love you more, no, I love you more, and you know, so on and so forth. That's something I wanted to touch on. There seemed to be like an awkward sexual tension there throughout the movie. Yeah. Because like, so I know you mentioned the Hope thing about bad. the arrow on her. That I was told, potentially. Yeah. yeah. They mentioned twice in the movie something that happened in Budapest with the two of them. Yeah, And he's like, oh, we're not in Budapest anymore. We're, yeah, in the spaceship. Yeah. So who yeah. knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no, it was it was a very 
like dark scene. I was very uncomfortable, mostly because of what I was, what the reference that popped into my head. You know, that made me even more uncomfortable because then I was relating the two, and then I was arguing who's Eric and who's Dylan, and. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but I thought that that was a very emotional scene. And, like, of course, Red Skull is just there, just, like, <laughs> watching this go on. Just like, oh, yeah. So, like, what is he really there? Is he mm. not the Red Skull anymore? Or, uh, like, is that a character Lipchen, in the he's the one Marvel who does the thing with the black. Oh, wait, the that's a Dracula. He is the Geist of the Soul Stone. There you go. There you okay. go. That's you should do, like, a vampire character? cape thingy. No, that's oh. not a, no. Okay. Actually, believe it or not, that character is Nick Fury. He's known as the Unseen Okay. That character nowadays in the comics is Nick Fury. He yeah. wears the black flowy cloak and he has like the very special Okay, so it voice. is an actual character. It is an actual character. Um, the Exiles. Okay. Do you remember the comic The Exiles yeah, yeah, that I was yeah. reading? Yeah, the unseen has to do with the Exiles. Okay. And the I mean, isn't, yeah. isn't Nick Fury just an LMD? Uh, that's a quite big <laughs> Yeah. We don't Eddie? know that. Okay, yeah, we Eddie? don't know for sure, but we're pretty sure. <laughs> what if he was an OMD? Oh, then it would be uh, If You Leave from 1986. <laughs> <laughs> from Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Oh, God. It's a music uh, reference. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you might know it if you heard it. He's a DJ it, on the radio station, man. He's would, got a, yeah, a plethora of knowledge. It would oh. not be The Marvelous if we did not randomly shoehorn in just random musical references. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would not. Um, Stop it. Who had better moves, 2012 cap or 2019 cap? Whichever one had the greater ass. Uh, mm. <laughs> probably 2019 cap yeah I think it was the suit yeah the suit and made him uh, it was a better button that was suit. that an actual question from somebody <laughs> friend of the show or whatever no no okay. I was just curious who had better it's moves? a melnicism that's what it was <laughs> stop that he's rubbing off can't on unhear me. that one now well that's not he good can't do that from across the table <laughs> um I think that uh, I think that everybody really had a had a, a fun moment and a yeah. And I think you can only moment. do you can only do so much by giving them screen time or sh or sh you know showcasing them sort of for a scene or, or other. And I just wanted to throw that out there. And if anybody had thought in the group or in the listening audience that oh I wish we saw more of this character or whoever, but I think because you've got so damn many of them, oh, yeah. you can only do so much. Yeah, it's, and not make it three and a half hours. Right, exactly. You know, there might have been. Now, you thought, Doug, that it was adequate as far as the time going. I wasn't looking at my watch. If I was going to, Same. it would have been just to know, oh, there's this much more left to it because I knew how long it was to well, begin with. Well, that's or, the oh, thing I is that it wasn't about how long. It wasn't about the length of screen time. It was not the quantity. It was the quality. Yeah. And I think that everybody got the quality screen time necessary. Uh, you know, small scenes can have a big impact. Like as somebody who avidly read the new Avengers uh, comic as it was coming out back in like the 0405 era yeah. um, when they introduced Ronin in Japan his costume is identical to the T of Ronin from New Avengers yeah okay. however in Avengers uh, Hawkeye was not Ronin it was actually uh, a mutant named Maya whose name was Echo it was long and convoluted storyline but the Ronin costume was amazing and uh, I liked his his version of the razor sword from Majora's Mask um, that's that's I guess that we would call it is that what I'm thinking of the razor sword oh no no um, <laughs> sorry no his katana it's fluted at the back there's holes oh, cut in it oh. and for anybody listening who's a Legend of Zelda fan in uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask the second sword that you get has flutes in the back exactly like that uh -huh. did, you, did you notice the razor sword from Majora's Mask yeah, yeah yeah it was a it was a nice little 
was a little thing for me to think about that nobody else in the theater was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that moment was for you, I guess. Um, I've got to say though, from going two times to the same uh, movie theater in costume, I had seen a staff member, probably late teens or so, saw me and said, uh, "Oh, you seen it for the second time?" I was like. Like, who are you and how do you know? Like, oh, I saw you at the premiere. I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm in costume. <laughs> but, uh, but, a, four and one. but a nice, uh, but, a, but a nice thank you and shout out to Will from the AMC Gallery in Middletown, the manager who saw, me, manager. saw me in costume on the Sunday of the opening weekend and said, uh, you get a concession, you get something, you know, because you're in costume. So, oh, so that's really cool. Box of Junior Mints, thank you very much. <laughs> Those things are great. Eddie Wilson, Junior Mint enthusiast. That's exactly, exactly what I wanted now, to get. Now, do you that. like the caramel ones? Marvelous. Ooh, oh, haven't had. I'll get you a box. Okay. I'll hold you to it. Should we do a roll call as far as who we lost? And Peter, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, from my first viewing, I don't have to say if I'm changing gears, forgive me, but that. You know, I was hoping that, according to the comic books, we would still somehow find a way to bring back and keep Black Widow, of course, Iron Man, and even the Vision and Quicksilver. We have no Vision, but that's it. It's gone. It's muted. It's we can't see a thing. It's just yeah. so dark. I mean, and yes, I don't you lost Loki also, but yeah, where did Loki go? He's still a part of that uh, timeline. Yeah. So it's it's a weird. It's convoluted. He's still around, but not in the timeline that they're currently yes. in. Right. But where did he go? Where is Loki? Yeah. When? Why is Loki? <laughs> Why is Especially Loki? In that timeline, he doesn't have his staff, but he does have the Tesseract. Yeah, not gonna lie, he's staffless. Really expected Loki to show up um, at some point during the movie. So did I, honestly. Yeah. And in yeah. another universe, that of the X Men, we still have Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah, yeah he didn't get shot. So you know. There's that, I suppose. Um, will we maybe in like a Guardians Volume Three, hopefully, get to know about Adam? I would, yeah, I would I, imagine I, James I also, Gunn wanted that. I, I yeah. kind of also like was thinking that Adam Warlock was going to show up. Yeah, and in the interest of fairness, the Russo brothers had gone on record saying, "Oh, Adam Warlock is not going to be in the movie." Well, hey guys, Avengers Four is not going to be called Avengers Endgame. Like, you, what can you believe then? Sometimes yeah. I reduced the stones. To Adam. Oh, nice play on words. Yeah, I like, I like yeah. alternate meanings. That's very yeah. good. Maybe, uh, maybe there, maybe that's what's going to happen. Is those stones' essences are going to find their way into Warlock, and he'll become Magus, and he'll get a cool ponytail and yeah. a really bad costume. What about Did, a bad afro? Remember he had the afro? Oh yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Did anybody think that Captain Marvel might have had a bigger role? At least maybe. I initially, was fine with initially it. going into it thinking she's going to kick Thanos' ass. That's all. It's going to be one and done. But or you know just one, two, three. But you, you couldn't do it that way. Even if you hoped that she would have been the person hero to help things along. Yeah. Well, so, like, as, as as a DM, I'm very against God handing. And yeah. you're a direct message. Yes, I am a direct message. <laughs> Why? Uh, but as a as a dungeon master in D and D, like I I don't believe in God handing, and I believe that Captain Marvel has the potential to be God-handing because yeah. of how powerful she is. She suffers from the Superman syndrome, you know? Exactly, it's, being too yeah, powerful. And, and I, the, the fight with her and Thanos when he pulls the Power Stone out just to sock her in the jaw, oh. I was like, this is, why, this, is, this is why Thanos is a good character. This is why Thanos is a good villain. Yes. Because yeah. he's not just, I'm really bad and I'm just going to monologue. Who's bad? Like, he's a very talented fighter and people forget that. They think that he's only powerful because of the gauntlet. The man is, um, like, 
He's been slaughtering planets for who knows how long. He's been fighting... How, how? In a non-galactus kind of way. Right, exactly. He's been fighting people hand-to-hand combat, weapon combat. He doesn't use ranged weapons. He's up close and personal. He's using a very unwieldy, very dangerous weapon very well. Like, he spins the thing around like a propeller blade. (laughs) And, like, he is... He's a he's a strategist. He's a a, a martial expert, and and people forget that until they watch him kick the crap out of the Avengers multiple times. Kind of like Kingpin. Right. Kingpin is King, yeah. Kingpin yeah. just because he's large. People forget that he has a lot of muscle mass under all that fat, yeah. and yeah. he's in charge. Exactly. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio, not Charles. When I was a boy. <laughs> that was such a good casting. Oh, um, my God. Every, uh, I uh, <laughs> For Halloween, I had a black beanie on, and so I just pulled it over my eyes, and I, I took a picture of myself, and I was like, I'm Daredevil! Where's the nearest hallway? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, God. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that all those shows got snapped out of existence and <laughs> didn't get snapped back by Hulk Snap. <laughs> Yet, meanwhile, so the oh, Netflix... Wow. The <laughs> Netflix shows weren't referenced in the movie... However, Agent Carter was because... Yes. Agent Carter was not on Netflix. Not for Netflix. Uh-huh. Well, I'm talking about TV shows. Those shows count. Well, you said Netflix. Yeah, the agents yeah I was saying the right? Netflix shows, they weren't referenced, but the TV shows Okay. Were. Right. Yeah, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. counts. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. counts. Evidently. Yeah. Uh, well, but, also, when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was coming out, they kept using the hashtag, everything is connected. Yep. It's all connected. Oh, but, it's all connected. But yeah. the Netflix shows do reference the MCU movies. They, they, too bad they they're not referenced the themselves. They reference the incident. Yes, they reference the incident. Yes. The and they have they Hammer show, Tech. And they have Hammer Tech, but that is the that is it. They don't yeah. show any footage of it. They don't That's show true. any any people. They don't show... There's no cameos from anybody from the MCU. There's no Nick Fury, none of that. Um, and, like... The def- the defenders 110 percent would not have been able to operate without Nick Fury knowing about it and showing up and giving a monologue and saying his famous two word phrase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, but no, the the reason I bring up the television shows is because of the fact that when you have that, you have James Darcy who plays Jarvis show up in the 1970s yes, scene. Yes, he does, and he's yes. the OG Jarvis. And so does and so does Maggie. Uh, I mean, not not Maggie. Peggy. 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 Yes. Peggy. Yep. Um, Peggy shows up, and you know, and then at the end, when you see old man Eastwood, uh, you or know, Joe Biden, or Joe Biden <laughs> yeah, on a bench, yeah, Clint Biden, uh, and and he's uh, he's got a wedding ring. Yeah, he's got a wedding ring, and he's not going to tell. He's not telling the story of I how that happened. That. <laughs> nope. Yeah, but I, I am not. I, I'm really uh, two things that annoyed me about that scene. One, when he came back in time, he he came back on the bench and he didn't have the suit on, or he just appeared, or he just like strolled up. He just is like, I know to be here on this day. Uh, also, <sighs> Papa Doc's beard really annoyed me. <laughs> it was too high up on his cheek. That's fair. Oh, sorry, Falcon. Falcon. Okay, uh, I was sorry. thinking, who had that? Yeah, yes, uh, okay. Eight Mile Papa Doc. I, okay. He'll he'll always be Papa Doc to me. Is that right? Okay. His real name's Clarence. This guy's an Avenger. His real name's Clarence. Clarence. And Clarence lives at Clarence. home with both parents. And Clarence's parents have a Take real Take me back, marriage. Clarence. I've changed. This guy don't want to battle. I love sure. how there's both a uh, Eight Mile reference and... It's a wonderful uh, life. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful life battle. Life, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. But yeah. we we were more or less then okay with the way we saw how Captain America yeah, he turned out nice, at the end. Yeah, he got a nice send off. Yeah, and of course, I mean, those three contracts are up. So I mean, yes, that, that's again. the overshadowing <laughs> thing, of course. Nat. 
Oh, it was her? Yeah, okay. it was Natasha. Okay. Steve Rogers, 82 years young, has come to this pond every day for the past 17 years to feed the ducks. But last month, Steve made a discovery. The ducks were gone. Some <laughs> say the ducks went to Canada. Others say Toronto. And some, say, some, some people say that Steve used to sit down over there near those ducks. But it could be that there is just no more room in this modern world for an old man and his ducks. <laughs> That's a Simpsons reference involving Steve sitting on a bench. Oh, man. But the shield, the shield transfer to, uh, to Falcon, I think, with the nod of the Winter Soldier was appropriate. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was a really great way to, to put it forward. And- you know there's going to be a lot of people bitching about him becoming Cap. How dare you make a black man Captain uh, America? No. <laughs> uh, if you would read the comic book uh, did it Young, first, Avengers, so. Young Avengers, uh, or the first Avenger, uh, the very first Captain America was a black man. Go ahead. Do your research. <laughs> look it up. Wow. Read a comic book, you know assholes. Minds, if you told them in the comic book universe right now, Hulk's origin was actually from a satanic demon instead of gamma radiation. That'd Satan, Satan, That'd Uga? Crazy for the yeah, the immortal Hulk is, is yeah, it turns out that uh, <laughs> it had nothing to do with the nuclear bomb Yikes. and everything to do with the devil. Oh, boy. And yeah. it's a solid series, by the way. I cannot yes. recommend Immortal Hulk. If enough. you ever want to watch a person get cut up into little pieces, put in a jar, and then reassemble itself while charging through a hallway, this is the comic for you. <laughs> wow. Oh it's crazy. my god! Some of the the darkest, most twisted writing I've ever seen, and it's so good. Al Ewing knows what's up, and for a future episode, we do have audio with an interview with Al Ewing. So stay tuned for that. Oh, that's amazing. Two last things I want to bring up before we get to, I think the end of it is uh, just that slow and gradual pan of everybody that was in the backyard behind the house when the Tony Stark wreath went out with proof that Tony Stark has a heart. I think <laughs> yeah. that was done. I think that was done pretty well. I, I think a couple people towards the end, before you got to Captain Marvel on the stairs and Nick Fury who was walking across the back porch, you might not have caught. I think we're at the back end on the right, uh, Maria Hill and. Thunderbolt Ross. When yes, I was, they were there, but that was, who was, the, was that young boy in front of them? Was that the that young boy from the barn? Saved. From Iron Man 3, yes. Yeah, that was the barn. Okay, That's that was the I kid. I figured thought so. that, yeah. I was worried that you go, now I don't know if you know this, there's a kid. I just couldn't tell who he was. I'm like, Eddie, it's it's the kid from 3. <laughs> well, I thought that at first, but by the time I got to the second viewing, it sunk in. When you mentioned yeah. Thunderbolt Ross, I watched the movie during my first screening, and I'm just like, I see the trail, the uh, the credits of all the cast, and you know, like you have the little blurry flashbacks. You see him, and I'm like, wait, wait, he was in the movie? And then, yeah, I saw him during the uh, funeral yeah. scene. Yeah, exactly. And, and he wasn't chasing after Hulk. <laughs> right. With a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Milk sop. And I think it was a good conversation that uh, Hulk I had with Scarlet Witch to, to um, say that they, they both know that we won. Yeah. Referring to Tony and referring to... Natasha. Uh, sorry, to Natasha. And Quick and. and uh, no, and no, 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 vision. And, oh, and, vision and Joe Biden. Yeah, I was I was thinking she could have you know she could have, could have meant both all of them you know whatever <laughs> whatever you could mean whatever you wanted to actually at this point so yeah now now Peter and I at least had speculated or in our um, Avengers April during the month and getting predictions and what we thought was going to happen at the end credits no no room for the Fantastic Four I guess to emerge yeah that totally went by the wayside that we thought uh, in the I mean, interest of fairness. The Fox deal was still ongoing, so they really didn't have time to yes. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But would I have loved that to have happened? Yeah. Well, Heck yeah. I mean, what's one race of aliens that the Fantastic Four are always dealing with? The Skrulls. Mm. Oh, the Skrulls. Who was it that you said showed up in the school at the end when Peter shows up to say hi to his friend Ned? 
Rumored innuendo is Talos, Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, I actually, uh, before the show, I Googled that. He's in the shot. Yeah. You can see him. He is oh, there. Wow. Well, I he, think if we didn't uh, establish, and some people might not have heard it or you guys heard that it was thought, I don't know if it was from Peter, you said it, I don't know if you got it from somewhere else, that the original Avengers Tower, which got demolished in the Battle of New York, was bought by Reed Richards. Oh, it, remember at that the end of the a, one a movie theory. where they're you know moving stuff out of there? Mm. I'm thinking it's going to be the Fantastic Four moving in. That oh, absolutely, be, it yeah. definitely could be the huh. what, what's the name of the building? Baxter Baxter Building. Baxter building yeah. Yep. Well, Baxter yeah. Street and I believe uh, Iron Fist season two. Yeah, and yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> they reference they reference Bleaker. Yeah. Well, that's because that's where Doctor Strange is from. But yeah. 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 While they're thinking, they're a uh, the couple of them are. Going back, and I forget who they're 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 laying down sort of head to head and saying, "Wait, what street is it? Bleecker Street? Yeah, okay, yeah." And it's the Sanctum and all that. So that that was kind of a fun thing. Yeah, the the whole build up to the heist was really cool. I thought it was, you know, I almost heard (laughs) time heist. Yeah, I almost, I almost, I almost heard George Clooney's voice in the background. You know, just like Ocean's Forty Seven. (laughs) Just no. (laughs) What I think was different though when we got to the end. Was the first name you saw up there with a, with a couple of shots of it was Don Cheadle. And I said, wait, where's this going? And I think what they wound up doing was, in no particular order, I believe, is show names of secondaries. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and then you characters. have the main six. Oh, are Star you talking Trek about, six style. Are you talking about the in the credits? credits? When we get to the end now, oh, right? We exactly. For the credits. Uh, assume, well, we, that yeah. part of it, the, op- oh, the beginning yeah. oh, of the yeah, end yeah, of the yeah, credits. Yeah. And you have pictures along with the, their names. And then you get to the main characters who you see their autographs being scribbled and yeah, star and, trek six style okay that's what they did that's the exact thing they did okay hmm. see i'm i'm ignoramus in this point in this part here but i'm describing what i'm seeing and remembering and their names first and last in between the scroll the scroll let me tell you hemsworth has signatures. a pretty signature who so hemsworth has a pretty signature well i don't know if it's pretty but it's you know i think it's pretty i like it's ruffalo's better signature. to be honest we both do but then after that of course you get to the regular credits and they and they move on and peter you said it because for the first time i think in a very very long time i decided to leave before the credits were over knowing that there wasn't anything but you're telling us if some people don't already know that there was some other audio yeah the there clanging was still of tony making the suit clang clang and it's 10 times in honor of his passing so or in honor of the 10 years of marvel studios yeah either one but Son, 10, the, 10 is usually 10-gun salute. Yeah, so. Marvel no. stud 10S. Not all the time is it a 10. If it's somebody who has served, I thought it was 21. It is oh, yeah, 20, Green it is Day. 21-gun salute. Yeah. I know oh, Green gotcha. Day. <laughs> 21-guns. Oh, my God. Don't sue me, Billy ACDC, for those about to rock. We salute you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Fire. So I, I think that <laughs> I think that everybody... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love Eddie's. Really? You're going to drink an energy drink? <laughs> I had to make the noise. I'm sorry. It's nine and it's you work in the morning. It's Modelo time. <laughs> oh, I'm pulling an all-nighter, I guess, now, kids. Evidently. <laughs> that wasn't actually an energy drink. For those of you listening, don't let them lie to you. That was a beer. <laughs> beer, because everyone enjoys refreshment. That's a shirt Ooh. waiting to happen. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, somebody's going to take that now, and me. then I'll say, it's damn, me. I lost Spoiler alert, alert, it's me. Yeah. Well, then you're just going to name the name of the new Ant-Man movie, and you lost on that, too. <laughs> oh, and Spider-Man 2 and 3. Uh, uh, um, I can't wait for Tom Holland to spoil everything. I love that man to death. He's our favorite source of information. 
One of my favorite things was I recently re- uh, brought up the Ruffalo interview we did, and I mentioned during the interview I said something about Tom Holland, and Ruffalo just goes, he spoils the movies too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not actually Tom Holland that spoils the movies. It's actually the sentient frog in his mouth oh, at all times. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's a funny uh, shot if they were pointing at I each heard, other. Spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> I heard something that they didn't give him like the full script for Endgame they because don't they didn't ever, want him Same to with Ruffalo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they don't give them anything anymore that's too funny <laughs> they, 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 they get... well apparently ruffalo's big uh spoiler that he did actually caused a huge success apparently oh, right. from the thing he spoiled i remember what he spoiled yeah. oh you mean the uh, oh, the, oh, oh during the interview with don Cheadle, where don Cheadle's like oh, Dude. I, I think so he's like yeah. it's your it's your career man it's your career He's just basically telling him, like, you are screwed. <laughs> you just killed the Hulk. <laughs> We're g- they're going to have to invent a way to kill the Hulk just to get you out. <laughs> we may have come to the end of the endgame, but in the words of Thanos, I am inevitable. Correct? Yes. And, no, his uh, name is Thanos. In the words of Tony Stark, <laughs> I am Iron Man. Yeah. Segue to Black Sabbath. I now, love that that line of "I am Iron Man" was essentially a middle finger to oh, Thanos. I love oh, that. Yeah. That was yeah. so perfect. He may as well have been flipping him off as he, he raised yeah. his hand and, and and snapped. It's exactly right. Yeah, holding it up that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, on the topic of that gauntlet, the Tony gauntlet, the Tonefinity gauntlet. I want a Marvel Legends recreation. Yeah, that's of that. good. It's, I it's want. It's gonna yeah, happen. It There's no question. Yeah. There's not gonna be any listening. doubt. We want it. Please, Hasbro. <laughs> please, I want that. I could probably call Hasbro. Up. We need a pro discount. Give him a call. I mean, we're, we're, we're John Q. Hasbro. Yeah. yeah. No, we're wizards. We're wizards uh, retailers. We're Hasbro doesn't plus. like wizards. Are you kidding me? We have swag. We have no swag. We and swag too, probably. Yeah. We have no swag. We're not swagger. Pretty. We're powerful people. Jack Swagger, the no, all-American American. <laughs> also, they got the iconic Avengers Assemble line in. Oh my God! Yes, that was good. yes, yes. yes. Yeah. That yeah, was right. That, was something we didn't that whole scene was amazing. And watching like little things, like I said, Howard the Duck shows up. <laughs> and my personal favorite part about that was seeing Mbaku, like right up there with Captain America running. Yeah. I yeah. love yeah. seeing that. Oh, yeah. Although Josh, like you said, yes, Avengers Assemble. Although it sounded a little weak to my ears. I think the beginning yeah. where he but, was like Avengers, and then Assemble. Yeah, I kind of like that yeah. because that is the first time. We have seen truly angry Captain America. Okay. When he's like strapping the things. We have seen determined Captain America. We have seen frustrated and annoyed Captain America. Aroused. When he ripped the the log in half and stuff like that. Oh, jeez. We have never seen a furious, anger-filled Captain America. And I don't know how they did it, whether it be after editing or whatever, but like even through all the soot on his face and under the mask, you could see this burning in his eyes. Like... I loved it. Captain America would have killed Thanos himself if he had the chance. Oh. Captain doesn't kill. Correct. I mean, he was, I don't think he was there when they killed. He's like Batman, but written good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know I'll be that one. I was a boy. Now I'm a bat. Which is why when I think I first saw Captain America, the first Avenger, and Cap holding a gun... I had not seen before, and then seeing it oh, in some the statues universe. that you can, in some statues that you can purchase, and I said, uh, no. Yeah, the ultimate I, I universe just, cap uses a gun. So yeah, and that's it's why different. I'm so not mm-hmm. ultimate at myself. But, oh yeah, yeah. Mister. Hi, Alyssa. Do you guys have Ultimate Spider-Man Volume One? <laughs> we do have Ultimate Fallout Four. <laughs> yeah, 130. How many issues? You can read no. the paperbacks or go to the library. Yes, maybe. or borrow from 
the library. No, or by our from s- our interview hands. subject was willing to lend to me. Or again, you can and go we, to a library, and we have that on on file. <laughs> Fun is not far. Do if you haven't exist anymore, yes, they do. Hey, oh, wow. hey, hey! Uh, I yes, been to one yes, in a long libraries time. absolutely exist. We're throwing a Comic Con at one. Oh wow! Dumb, dumb. Later this year, <laughs> September twenty eighth. Yeah, wow! You Port Jervis Free Library. Yes, That's amazing. We've been contacted. Thank you for your help for that. Absolutely, of course. Sounds like a good thing. And they watch their they're a Marvel movie club. Yes. And we're like, oh, this is a walk in the park or yeah. the library in this case because we've been there, done that. Do they I have parks to, and libraries? I had to correct their. Uh, so she, so uh, Danielle, who Danielle. runs that mov- movie club, actually, she has. So you're the gonna movies. mention corrections for them? Hey, you got this wrong, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, just saying, like they, now it's correct. But no, she does a great job with the movie club. She just had the the movies out of order. And she's like, I ordered it based on um, popularity. True, no, true order rather than chronolo- rather than chronological release order. And I was like, yes, mm-hmm. except like there there's a couple of different maps out there, but the true map is the one I went by. And she's like, oh, I saw the other map. And I was like, everyone saw the other map. This mm. is the real map. Mm. Did it include Ingrid Goes West and the Room and Spider Man One through Three? <laughs> the room. And Detective the one that Pikachu. Has a track in it? <laughs> oh, oh hi Thanos. <laughs> Yikes. Tommy was out fighting Thanos. Oh I did not snap her. I did, I did not. not. Oh, hi, Thanos. And then included Gremlins 2. Oh, my God. Shrek 3 was in it. Yeah, I saw that map. That's the that's the top tier. The I'm galaxy. To say I Cowboy, did not see that. Cowboy Bebop and Batman Mask of the Phantasm. <laughs> and who can forget Solo, a Star Wars story, being a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? <laughs> Eddie looks so disappointed. Oh wow, I'm so lost. It's like I'm seeing my dad again. I'm thinking it's no this drink were, affecting no me. No wonder there were porgs in, in Endgame. Oh, that was the best part. Yeah. Porgtastic. Tastic. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to wrap up our episode. But before we also get to the Jim Starlin interview, we also want to tell you at home our thoughts on the movie overall. Did you like the movie, guys? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I loved it. I, I came out of it just kind of blown away. And it's spe- I spent the next two and a half hours processing. It wasn't until we sat down that I really honestly knew how I felt about the movie. Yeah, same here. I mean, like, we went, me and Doug both, you know, had just saw it. Uh, we got back at, like, 4.15 to our store. Um, didn't really have time to process it because we just had to get right into helping people. But now that, like, I've sat down and talked with you all and stuff, like, really got my thoughts out about it, uh, it was it was more than what I expected. The movie was phenomenal. Yeah. Just, cycle, uh, it, it was beautiful. I think the cycle is now complete. Yeah. As much as it can be for cinematically speaking, because I had an emotional up and downness from the first viewing on Thursday and better after the second viewing, that is to accept what was done, what wasn't done. Cinematically speaking, not not going to the comics and wishing all these characters would have not gone that I'm better with it. And I think uh, I was almost thinking as far as a rating, a ranking of the film that I, for one time would have been lower than Peter. Cause I've always leaned higher, been more lenient, but fantastic think... for 2015, 12 out of 12. <laughs> <laughs> it's a five out of seven, a perfect score. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, but I'm on par now with it being, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. It's the perfect movie. And a lot of people, there's some people going out, you know, the contrarians, it was terrible, I hated that movie. Why? Why did you hate yeah. the movie? Why? Because, you know, this scene happened with this character, that doesn't make it a bad movie. It was a right. good movie. You, you can you can 
call a movie perfect even even if you find little things in it that bother you because it's not you know just because these little things bother you they're not plot holes that you can drive a truck through they're not they're not fundamental issues with the movie they are personal yeah. issues that you might have like i personally felt like they should have done a little bit of setup for phase 4 yeah if you go through a 3 hour movie and like watch it all the way through I'm sorry, there's no way you didn't like it. Because, like, there's no way you're investing that much time into something yeah. you didn't enjoy. I yeah, think. if you really didn't like, like it, if you I, hated I it, you would have got up halfway just through. Lying to Unless yeah, you exactly. were going to hope that by the end something would have pulled you back in and said, yes, this was worth yeah. the wait. But no, exactly. Yeah. And I think, though, though, by not showing, and it was funny to have at least one, and it sounded like it was a woman after the first viewing with the credits finishing and nothing else happening, hearing, you got to be kidding me. Like Good. there's we, nothing else. What we were so waiting. used to seeing yes. end credits, uh, end scenes rather, post credits, that not doing this was, I think, appropriate. It was probably the it, best. It idea. came to an end, and as far as a phase four setup, well, it's gonna it's be like a new beginning, possibly. Yeah, a new so, start. Ain't a start. <laughs> and <laughs> somebody's got the munchies. <laughs> you said it. I said anus tart, Eddie. Well, it is 2019. You know what? But here's the thing. This movie is on my Ru- Mount Rushmore of Marvel movies. My top four, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. perfect yeah. movie. Logan, Guardians yeah. Volume 2, and this. Um, I would say Logan. I would say Endgame. Um, I haven't seen into the Spider-Verse. Oh, uh, and I spoiled uh, Stanley it cameo. It was amazing. It's perfect. Uh, and I... I Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was very good. Yes. I, well, you don't have to like it if you know. It's your Mount Rushmore. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, it would probably go um, Infinity War, Endgame, uh, Logan, and X-Men 3, The Last Stand. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're actually serious with uh, Fantastic Four 2015, 12 out of 12. <laughs> yes. No, it really, you know, uh, a lot of people disagree with me, but I think that uh, Civil War was one of the best Marvel movies that it's they've fun. ever I, made. Like, some I of the lines that are delivered in that movie, like, he's my friend, so was, so was I. I. I love it for the uh, massive fandom that Scott Lang has for Captain America that, you know, carries over into <laughs> yeah. this. And by the way, there's a fun little Easter egg in terms of dialogue when... Uh, Wasp calls him Cap. If you remember, in another movie, she goes, why are you calling him Cap? No one calls him Cap. She calls him Cap, and you wow. look at Scott, look at her and goes, right? That's great. <laughs> where does she call him? During, um, during where, the fight. And oh, by the no, way, right, my, she does, but when does, I guess it's Ant-Man and the Wasp when? Probably. When he, that's when she ridicules him for that? Okay, I'll have to go back and remember that. Well, but, since you got on this, I, I went through, since I had all the movies that I had given fives to and so on, that I think of a top four Mount Rushmore scenario. It's Endgame. It's Infinity War. It's Guardians Volume 1. And the first Avengers. Well, what about just Marvel movies in general? Not just, you know, the MCU, but X-Men, Spidey, old universe, like stuff like that. I'm just going by this. I, got I wasn't you. going further, uh, delving further into into that. I mean, what about Thomas Jefferson? Uh, <laughs> four score and three years. No, that's Lincoln. Yeah, Sorry. That's, that's, 
Now we're going back. I think I think it was interesting that you both mentioned uh, Logan High up on your list because I agree with that. And I was like, going to hope you go, I actually, hate that movie. No, actually oh watching I Endgame, totally don't agree with that. At the end of Logan. it, I was like, I really want to rewatch Logan now for some reason. And I don't know why Like it hit me after watching Endgame, but I was like, man, Logan was so... So good. I don't know. I'm like, well, either I'm biased because I'm a huge Wolverine and Logan fan, especially Old Man Logan. So, mm-hmm. like, really hit me there. But yeah, I'm good with the character of Logan, the way that character played out, and so on. But I unfortunately, or depending on how you look at it, and maybe you can personally detach yourself from this aspect. And I've told Peter, yeah, this is not a movie for, for example, my wife has gone very much along with me in watching these and so on. And she asked me with Endgame, all right, who comes back? Who doesn't come back? <laughs> oh, I heard about 3,000. What does that mean? Um, I'm just Aww. biting my tongue and stuff like that. I love that. So she will catch up and see, and same thing with Captain Marvel. But if you had or knew someone afflicted like Professor X, X was in Logan, it hits you. Yeah. And so that's not keeping... That's what's keeping me from saying it's really up there. With, that's understandable. Then yeah. uh, that's that's a real deal that you know maybe you may have heard about with with Alzheimer's and it being arm's length away from you. Yeah. But when it affects you, in my case, both of my in laws, it's a different you know yeah resonation. Yeah. Yeah, my grandmother went through dementia, so I understand that. So yeah. you got definitely a rough topic. Yeah. 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 Or like I said, you can detach yourself from it. It's a movie. Yeah, I have. You know, whatever. I'm of that. Like I, yeah. you know, right, right. So now that I downed it all, <laughs> let's wrap it up. Kelly kids. So on the Happy Happy Podcast. Five out of five, out of five kids. <laughs> five That's out it. of seven, a perfect score. After the somber minute. <laughs> so glad you got that reference, Peter. Boom. You looking for this? No. It's the sour apple drink talking. Bang. <laughs> Wait, let's ride home. Oh, boy. Boy, tomorrow morning's going to be great listening to Eddie Wilson on, w- or on VOS FM 95.9. <laughs> He's gonna. Ha- you're just gonna hear the clinking of cans. He's gonna be like, "I've been here all night preparing for this for this, this radio broadcast. I've had 37 bangs, and my heart is pounding at a mile a minute." Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Vita Vita Benjamin. Vita Vita Benjamin. Wait a minute. Is Eddie gonna be on "I Love Lucy" now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, I did not expect to make an "I Love Lucy" reference during an Endgame review, but here we are. <laughs> Mwah. Yes. Thanos, you have some splaining to do. Wait, now we're we doing Pee Wee? <laughs> oh, that's, that's Ricky Ricardo's laugh, man. Oh, God. Wow. No. The magic word is Thanos. Peter, ah! I'm home. Okay, now I got it. <laughs> now there's Babalu. Okay, can we wrap this now, really? All right, before I finish I the this hip, drink. Hop, the hip, oh, oh, you said rap. Oh, anyway. The joke's on them. Uh, the joke's hey. on them. Little do they know is that in New York, marijuana has been legalized, and so I've been pumping THC through the ventilation shaft, and that is why this <laughs> podcast has progressively gone off the rail. Oh, wow. Now let's get back on the rail before this episode is over. We want to introduce you to our interview, kind of bookending it with our Infinity War review. It's a good book. Mr. Jim Starlin. Hi, this is Jim Starlin, creator of Thanos, and you're listening to The Marvelous with Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time we told you about it, and we're talking about it now. And actually, for the second time, if you go back into the Marvelous archives, we did speak to this gentleman at a previous Albany Comic Con on a Sunday, but I think it's going to be a little more clearer to understand now. We want to just introduce the one, the only, the creator of Thanos, Snap Not Included, and that's there we go. one, I think, of the uh, the elder statesman, and that, I mean in a good way, of 
of the Marvel Universe because I grew up reading his stuff. And the Jim, architect of, and, sorry, <laughs> the yeah. architect of Marvel Cosmic, just the guy who made Marvel Cosmic amazing. There you go. It's Jim Starlin. Jim, thank you and welcome. It's good to be here. And I guess I am sort of the elder statesman at this point, kind of snuck up on me there. I know, right? You know, you're doing, uh, when we spoke the last time, uh, you're still keeping yourself busy doing this, that, and the other thing. And, I mean, you're not elder as in Joe Sinat elder, but, you know, you're young and you're young into him. Well, my original credit in the, my cameo inside the in-game was Old Man. Uh, I guess, uh, from what I hear in the in credits, they changed it to therapy person number two or something like that. Wow. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, sure, absolutely. And that's one a nice little surprise that I think we saw in Endgame. So let's uh, let's get into Peter wants to start. Go ahead. When I was at the uh, press screening, there was uh, there were people watching the movie, and obviously, and they you show up on screen, and my reaction to our uh, audio engineer, I go, "Oh my god, oh my god, it's Jim Starlin." <laughs> I was <laughs> I was really proud of that moment. So I imagine if it wasn't just me doing that, there were many many others doing that at that moment. Well, actually, at the premiere, they gave the first two rows to fans, and I was sitting behind them, and uh, when I did show up, I was really kind of surprised how everybody reacted in the front rows there, and I went, I didn't know they were fans at this point. I thought they were people who worked on the film, and so I was kind of stunned by that reaction myself. Well, you know, Jim, to be honest with you, I've seen names like yours in comics through many, many years, growing up in the 70s and so on, and not knowing what you look like, so... I had the advantage of having met you, spoke to you, pictures, signing. So when I saw you there, I'm like, I know him. And, let, you know, and I don't know who else did or didn't. And you hit something so the back that of was, somebody's head. That was very that was very cool to see that. So I said, oh, man, we got to, you know, I wonder if he knew. That's part of the questioning. Of course, we want to know uh, how much in advance and how much they tell you. Uh, was it a longer part that you possibly had? So only part of it made it to the screen. Uh, let's Let's do that. No, I had just the one line, and uh, and dear, we did many, many takes uh, this morning, uh, one morning uh, last October, uh, or excuse me, October 2017, uh, just as they were wrapping up and beginning the second uh, Infinity movie, the Endgame. So um, well, we spent the morning uh, doing, like, many takes, and I had the one line, and uh, during one of the takes, I couldn't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were very kind about that, but uh, it was uh, it was a fun time. Uh, I went there expecting uh, just to be sitting around in the background and uh, having this one line kind of surprised me. And uh, you know, it was just the topper of a, a very good trip there. Uh, you kind of figured no one was going to actually talk to us while we were there, but uh, Marcus and McFeely, uh, the writers of the thing. Uh, uh, corralled me as soon as we walked down to the set, practically, and uh, them and Joe Russo's were very open and friendly about the whole thing throughout the entire day. Uh, it, it was a very good experience. Now, Jim, do you see yourself since you've, you know, you also created Gamora, you created Drax the Destroyer, you'll be able to make more cameos down the line. Do you see yourself maybe doing a Guardians of the Galaxy cameo one day as well? Well, that's up to James Gunn. <laughs> uh, the way I got this one was uh, really kind of bizarre. Uh, when I heard about uh, them making the movie on my Facebook page, I uh, borrowed a joke from uh, Bugs Bunny and put down, Mr. and Mr. Russo's are ready for my close-up. 
uh, thinking nothing of it. And a couple of days later, a producer from uh, Marvel called and uh, asked if I would come down. I guess it was a couple weeks later. But, uh, you know, it was not an intended uh, audition, but uh, apparently it worked out that way. Uh, so uh, as far as Shang-Chi or Guardians, you know, you never tell. It's all up to the individual director. And I would be glad to uh, make an appearance, but, you know, there's nothing planned. And uh, odds are against probably. Now, actually, Jim, you just brought up the character of Shang-Chi, and there's currently rumors going around that the movie is going to be happening with the character. And friend of the show, Jeremy Bagley, asks, While Thanos, Gamora, and Drax are now somewhat household words, especially Thanos, not everyone knows that he played a part in the creation of Shang-Chi. What are Jim's thoughts on where the character fits into the current MCU, and what does he think about the appeal of the character to a global audience? Okay, I only found out about it from another reporter here a couple of days ago myself. Um, I was out of the country with my wife in South Africa a couple of weeks before the run-up to the movie, and apparently Kevin Feige mentioned uh, this was going to be a, a film on their rock roster. So uh, I know next to nothing about it, and I'm curious to see how they handle it, because, you know, Marvel usually does unique movies, and they, may, they get a hook onto these characters that haven't been done before. And with Shang-Chi, it's, it's going to be a real trick because how do you do this without just coming off as one of the millions of other kung fu movies that have come before? Uh, I've got confidence in how they're going to, uh, that they'll be able to find that way to do it, but uh, how they're going to do it, I haven't a clue at this point. <laughs> who I understand it's going to be shooting in Australia fairly soon. Who would be your ideal casting to play the character? Oh, I wouldn't even have a clue on that one. You know, this is something I haven't had any chance to think of. And uh, quite frankly, um, my uh, following of Asian martial art uh, actors at this point uh, is non-existent. So uh, I'm sure whoever it's going to be, it's going to be a surprise to me. Uh, Josh Brolin was a surprise, uh, and look how well he worked out. So... uh, I figure that whoever they pick, uh, they'll pick probably the right one. Now, you just mentioned Josh Brolin with the character of Thanos. And I actually got to see you a second time last year at Terrificon. And I walked up and I mentioned to you a comment. And it's something, after seeing this movie, I still stand by. You ended up creating a character that, through all these different iterations over time, including the film, including the comics, television, etc., Thanos became a character that is on par, or, as I said to you, better than Darth Vader as a villain. And I'd like to know, do you feel that the character has transcended that aspect of pop culture where he is toe-to-toe with Darth Vader and even could be considered a better villain than him? Well, I'm not going to get into the who's the better part of it, but uh, he has definitely transcended from a cult character into a mainstream pop icon. Uh, I keep thinking about um, the guy who created uh, Sherlock Holmes. Arthur Conan Doyle. Yes, and how he must feel, how he would feel if he could look back at all the movies that have been made on Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Some versions I'm sure he wouldn't even recognize as his character. And uh, sort of realizing that down the line there's probably going to be uh, other versions of uh, Thanos coming to, uh, at us on the screen. Uh, I just read in the 
online somewhere today that Josh Brolin is already talking to Marvel about extending his contract on that. God, yes. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But uh, I am I just sort of consider myself the most lucky person in the world, actually, because, you know, if Kevin Feige and uh, uh, Josh Whedon hadn't uh, decided to throw him in at the end credits here, I mean, they could have grabbed any character out of Marvel. You know, uh, there's a whole army of tough supervillains that the Avengers could have taken on. Uh, so the fact that they chose Thanos, uh, you know, actually I feel kind of blessed and uh, very extremely lucky on the fact that the way things have worked out. And speaking of being blessed, how do you feel about the fact that your creation let you survive the snap? Oh, he didn't let me survive the snap. I went online and uh, I was one of the, you know, one of the first ones to find out I didn't make it. I have an ungrateful son, what can I tell you? <laughs> right, exactly. I think, though, it's true, though, that Vader and Thanos, there is a gap closing between, you know, with pop, within, in respect to popularity. However, Vader, of course, has a lot of years on Thanos in in the widespread scene. So, um, you know, it's great that he's come out this far, meaning Thanos, of course, and, and more to come, hopefully, with what we're hearing. So, yeah. Well, it is pop culture we're talking about, and it is a generational thing. Uh, Thanos may be this generation's uh, Darth Vader. There you go. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So there's room for both. And how do you feel about other writers' portrayals of the character, like, you know, the people who wrote the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as well as, like, current writers like Donny Cates, who did a gangbusters run on Thanos, you know, in recent memory? Okay, um, longer answer on this one. Uh, I love what Marcus and Bethany, uh did with the scripting on the movies. Uh, they cherry-picked the best of the stuff of, uh, that I put down about him, about the character. Um, they had some limitations. They couldn't use Mistress Death because Marvel didn't want to do the abstract entities just yet. Um, but they did uh, choose an alternative uh, motivation for him that came out of the pages of Silver Server 34, so... They basically uh, replaced part of my uh, story with another part of my story. Hmm. Uh, As for uh, the other Thanos comic book stuff, um, I tend to avoid reading things that um, on characters that I have done that other people have taken over, um, just because there's been things like the spider soupy story with Thanos robbing banks and uh, (laughs) the famous... Thanos helicopter, which I guess is bladed weapon in this movie is based on. And um, I didn't realize that. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> yes, it does. Somebody had to point that out to me also. Uh, as far as Donnie uh, Cates' story, I keep hearing is it's terrific, and as soon as I finish uh, the editing on the last of my graphic novels of Thanos uh, and my last work at Marvel, I will be... Uh, grabbing a collection of that and reading it. Uh, Donnie and I have met on a number of occasions uh, since he took over, and I've I've told him I'm avoiding it right now, but I will be reading it, and uh, here I do promise it again now. (laughs) Well, Jim, on that note, what's your time frame with getting that last of your uh, graphic novel, and when can we get a hold of it kind of thing? (laughs) Uh, The last one will be out in August, from what I understand. Uh, It's all drawn at this point. It's in the process of being colored. Sarah Bernhardt, who was the editor on it, uh, has sent me uh, the lettering to uh, to uh, do a final edit on, and I'm going to do that starting tomorrow. Uh, I picked up a bug while I was in L.A. with all this uh, premiere stuff, and mm. 
So I've kind of laid up the last couple of days, and uh, basically I'll get things going again tomorrow. But August, you should be able to get a hold of uh, Thanos, the Infinity Engine. Well, I think we're going to hope that it comes out early in August, because I believe you're you're scheduled to make it to Terrificon again this year, this August. I am, and I'll be uh, promoting a lot of things. We have the Dread Star Collection coming out through Ominous Press right now. Oh, wow. Which uh, started off as a Marvel comic through their Epic line. Yes. Uh, we got a uh, three-volume set of that coming, and uh, uh, over 1,500 pages, some additional material, portfolios, stuff like that. And after that's out, uh, I'm uh, talking to Ominous about doing some new Dread Star stories. So we're going to keep busy. Now, Jim, you had mentioned that the Infinity Ending is just that, your final work with Marvel. Since the last time you had spoken with us, you had mentioned that things were strained with Marvel in regards to the comics division. Is there, this is the final thing? There hasn't been any maybe changes for the better with, you know, C.B. Sabolsky maybe being involved as well? No, nobody's made any effort to smooth things out. So, I mean, and I, I have enough other stuff to keep me busy at this point. Mm. I have... No desire to go back there again. Understandable. Now, yeah. yeah, because as somebody like myself who, once again, after watching Infinity War last year, I consumed so much Thanos material, and being able to experience your work, especially some of it for the first time, like the early stuff of Thanos, it is a real shame that, you know, it has now come to an end, As like again, as a fan for myself, but I completely understand. It's just... Man, <laughs> yeah, it, and that's the thing with work for higher characters. You know, uh, you eventually have to say goodbye to them. Dreadstar uh, and I will be paired until the end, but uh, Thanos and I, you know, we've got to go our separate ways at this point. That's great to hear that Dreadstar stuff because I, and I can't remember the reason that I started picking that up because I was strictly a Marvel person collecting that again in the 80s, and I believe in the early thereabouts 80s was when Dreadstar began. And I followed him for a while, and I think there was another title, what, Dread Star and Company as well? Yeah, that was a reprint title. Uh, yep. But uh, Dread Star went from um, Epic Comics to first, and then later on there was a Malibu edition, and now we're at Ominous. And somewhere along the line there was a, uh, a black-and-white reprint version of some of the early stuff through a group called Slave Labor. Uh, Dritzer has been all over the place. <laughs> wow. So, again, what's coming out that you just said a few minutes ago is a, a compendium of old and a few uh, some new stuff as well, and then, again, some new stories after that? Yeah, we're going to do new stories after that. It, uh, the compendium, the only new stuff is uh, I slowly worked up a couple of t uh, uh, some new covers for the books and uh, a, um, some illustrations for a... Uh, Collected edition. There's a box set and uh, did side panels for those. Uh, slow going these days with this hand the way it is. Uh, <laughs> I do as much of it on the computer as I do on the board. Mm, sure. Do you recall though, Jim? Just just for me asking, and I guess we'll get off of Dread Star. Uh, how much material was out in the original uh, run? Let's say of Epic. Oh, altogether, we're over fifteen hundred pages. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a massive job. Uh, yeah. The book itself, we're, we're only going, uh, in this edition, uh, through the, book, the stories that I did, you know, wrote and somebody else, you know, you, I either drew or somebody else drew, but I wrote. Uh, if these things sell well, we're going to collect the Peter David uh, sections of them and do it afterwards as a fourth book. But mm -hmm. right now, it's just the three, uh, the three things with that. And it, as it works out, it... It comes to a good ending where they're running off to start on the Peter David adventures. So hmm. uh, 
we decided to terminate it at that point. I mildly, pages is a lot anyhow. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mildly uh, have a suspicious. There we go. A suspicious feeling that was also Eddie's mild question or slight question of how many issues of Dreadstar are there that maybe I'm missing at this moment before He's, I get for my collection. This is true, I but believe there, I believe there's like sixty of them. Uh, if you go through the first editions. Uh, then uh, Malibu had another, I think it was five or six issue miniseries. I have to go back and see because <laughs> I have the some of the epic run and a couple of annuals, I think, as well. Some signed by you and see what I'm missing maybe now. Hmm, okay. Well, go over to Ominous and uh, you can still get in on the Kickstarter over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing pretty good on that, from what I understand. Great, okay. You want to go back to the movie for a second here, Peter? Yeah, I do. Um, in regards to the movie, one of the biggest changes that I noticed was the Infinity Gauntlet and also the uh, the Stark Gauntlet. When the person wielding it uses it, you know, you snap your fingers, and it absolutely destroys them. Now, this was not the case in your original uh, iteration of it. How did you feel about seeing this change for it, where once you use it, you don't want to use it again. Well, the way they have it set up, there's a tremendous energy uh, release, which didn't affect Thanos all that much other than charring his arm. Um, hurt the Hulk a little bit more, and it killed uh, another character. I don't know how close we are to spoilers, so oh, this ep- I'm not going to name him. Oh, you can. This uh, is a spoiler episode. <laughs> Yeah, okay, Stark's dead. Uh, (laughs) I didn't even know he was Uh, sick. uh, No, anybody who writes something that's going to be adapted to a a movie has to be a fool if he thinks it's going to come out as a carbon copy of what he put down there. Mm. So, uh, you know, I came in here right from the start saying they're going to be changes. And the film team and I, where we probably diverted... Parted company. The most was what the gems actually do. They're very close, very close on Thanos. Um, I always thought the reality gem was the most dangerous gem of all of them. That you wouldn't want it there, use it without the time gem because a stray thought could uh, set things uh, on end that you'd never get back together again. Mm. Um, they treated the, uh, that particular gem, the reality gem, as something that you know would change things and that. Uh, they kept it down to a, a much more manageable device than uh, I did in the books. And that's okay because they have a whole different universe and they have a whole different reasons for doing it. Uh, they made some other changes, like he had to close his fist in order to uh, use it. And this is something they're not made real clear in the movie, but they've talked about it. And if you look at uh, inside the Infinity War at the end where everybody's fighting him, they're keeping him from closing his fist. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so um, I figured that uh, the snap uh, was the end run of him closing his fist to make the thing work uh, in the movie. And inside the book, it's just as a dismissive gesture, almost contemptuous gesture I pulled up to make it work. <laughs> yeah. But I think both things work, and they're they're different universes. Both uh, tracks work. Well, we, I was, if not both of us, thinking, uh, Jim, what in the movie you might have liked to have seen possibly different or wish happened. I'm I'm thinking, for example, one character that was referred to at the end of a previous Marvel movie, the character of Adam. 
Well, I, it would have been nice to have Adam Warlock in there. Um, it would have been nice to have uh, my Captain Marvel, the one I did in there also. Uh, but, you know, it's a different universe. They didn't have those characters. Uh, so they had to make adjustments. Uh, what I kiddingly always say about what I would have changed is I would have kept his Thanos' yellow eyes so they could flare red when he gets mad. But uh, I understand why they did it uh, uh, the way they did so that Josh Brolin could have much more of an expressive face that way. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking red eyes. Well, they saved that for the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> yes, they did do that with her. But maybe that had something to do with the choice. Mm-hmm. Now, Jim, with the character of Marvel, Marvel actually did appear in the Captain Marvel movie, and she the character was portrayed by Annette Benning. However, we never got to see Marvel as Captain Marvel in that. How did you feel about the that change of having Marvel go from a man to a woman, and not really utilizing that backstory of the awesomeness that the original Captain Marvel was as well? Well, I think that series is still in flux. Um, I suspect that the Marvel that she's talking to is probably the Supreme Intelligence. Uh, I think she's, you know, because they say that it's how you see this person. Uh, everybody sees, uh, you know, the, this person differently. And Marvel was somebody she knew back when. Um, so uh, how do I feel about it? Um, you know, this is one that's really... I thought they picked out the best cherry-picking of all the different incarnations of Marvel along the way and uh, made it work really well. I thought uh, Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson had a really good chemistry in it. Um, enjoyable movie. Uh, I enjoyed seeing my streaking uh, yellow contrail, which is my, really my only contribu- uh, contribution to this particular uh, movie was the contrail. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, everything else is bits and pieces from elsewhere. Uh, so, um, you know, it was fun around, and uh, I'm curious to see where they go with it from here, and especially seeing that she's now the most powerful. She's the Superman of this universe, uh, which is always a tricky thing to have uh, writing characters uh, that are, who are the most powerful things wherever they're at. I mean, unless someone has a power stone in a, you know, in their gigantic fist, then <laughs> there might be just a little bit of a uh, difference for that Superman. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, an easy thing to paint yourself into a corner with with too powerful a character. I think there was a uh, perception, maybe by some, myself included, that Captain Marvel would have been the savior of, and you know, the the one who would really whoop Thanos in uh, in Endgame, but not so. They they kind of didn't play her up to the hilt, but I think no, there was balance there, yeah. I don't think they really could have pulled somebody in who just had been around for three months and made them the center of it. Um, I just don't think that would have worked very well as a story, and uh, her contribution to it as it went along was pretty damn good the way they had it set up, but uh, it wasn't Avengers star movie, it wasn't uh, Captain Marvel. But but again, yes, you're absolutely right. The amount of time that she had in there, I think, was very significant and you know and necessary. And even uh, the part where uh, Rhodey, Don Cheadle's character, said, "Where the hell were you all this time?" And she says, "Look, there's a lot of other worlds out there, and unfortunately, they didn't have you guys." So she kind of turns it around on him, and it kind of made him feel bad. But but you know, put that in check. 
Yeah, I'd be kind of curious to see what she's been doing these last 20-odd years. Uh, is the Kree Empire still out there now? Uh, yeah. I know right now during our spoiler episode, this one, we ended up mentioning that apparently one of the scrolls may have appeared at the end of the film. The uh, character, I forgot what his name was. But ben? The, Talos. Ben, uh, ben Mendelsohn. Mm-hmm. He shows up supposedly at the end when Peter hugs Ned after, you know, uh, post-resnap. So... It's it's interesting seeing now we know possibly are the scrolls still around and yeah what is what is the status now of the Kree Empire? Oh, I've only seen the movie once. I didn't catch uh, Ben Mendelsohn again. Um, I, I'm probably going off to see it again tomorrow. I have to keep an eye out for that. Mm. Yeah, it's at the very end. It's currently going around on the uh, Marvel Studios subreddit, and people are just like, "Wait a minute, that that was," and apparently, yeah. And Howard the Duck too. Yeah, Howard the Duck is in the uh, the the battle at the end alongside the Ravagers. It's I I think it's like the perfect love letter of the Marvel universe. There was a lot of them. I mean, that ending is so complicated. Um, when uh, Pepper Potts shows up inside her outfit, I didn't recognize who that was at first. Uh, yeah, had a, she had to show up again later on in the the battle before I registered who I was looking at and because they had they had her face showing but it just didn't uh, compute as to who this armored character was flo- jumping down into the middle of the scene was. Because we hadn't seen her like that, all in silver and yes, exactly, right. I thought you were going to do a Moody Blue song just now, like somehow just all in silver. And no. this. <laughs> That's white satin, a different oh, jeez. <sighs> now, also what were your thoughts on the film? Uh, I actually asked that question. John, edit that part out. Eddie, you go, you go for a question while I compose myself. <laughs> compose yourself. Okay, fine. Um, Jim, what uh, what else is happening that you can divulge to us? Uh, whether I guess it's the writing thing mostly, and I guess you're going to do the con circuit. Um, doing the cons, I'm just starting in on uh, writing the final of uh, the final, the fourth and final book in the Hardcore Station series. Right. Um, we had the first one come out through Ominous Press as an illustrated edition. Um, obviously, I can't do the illustrated editions on the other ones, so uh, they are going to be text uh, novels. And, uh, you know, I may have some limited uh, illustrations on the cover and inside, but uh, they may be coming out in their first editions through Ominous down the line, too. But I have to write it first. Yeah. First things first. Yeah. Pays to get the order yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> now, Jim, yeah, we actually... the, conven- the convention series, the convention season coming up, so it's, we'll have to do this on planes and what have you, mm. <laughs> hotel rooms and whatever uh, else we can grab it as. But fortunately, iPad has a keyboard, and we'll get that done. I know you'll also be at East Coast Comic Con this uh, month in Secaucus, New Jersey, at the Meadowlands Expo Center, and it'll be a Infinity Gauntlet reunion with yourself. Ron Lim, George Perez in one of his final convention appearances, and I believe Joe Rubenstein as well. Yes, we've got the whole gang there. Uh, we all showed up in uh, Hawaii just recently, too, uh, in uh, Honolulu, and uh, this is actually the first time that George and I have ever appeared on the stage before. Uh, we've never worked at the same company at the same time, except for during the Infinity Gauntlet, and we didn't do any cons at that point, so uh, we were kind of surprised uh, when we sat down and tried to put it together and said, no, we've never actually done a panel or you know, worked at the same company at the same time except for that one short period. So you better make sure you get tables next to each other, I guess, right? 
Um, we didn't matter why. Uh, we'll see what happens here. You know, the cons, you know, we'll signing all be clustered together. Yeah, I'm sure. Signing yeah. tables to yeah, yeah. And in regards to uh, East Coast Comic Con, I'm actually hosting a panel with Killmonger creator Don McGregor, and I just want to say thank you for not having your panel being like the very stiff competition. I believe your panel is like right after mine, so thank you for that. <laughs> we'll warm them up for them, tell them some good jokes, so they don't have to come into a cold audience. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm depending on you. I've seen Don at uh, these things. He's kind of dry. Don gave. <laughs> I mean, the man is very verbose, and he's given me headlocks in the past, so. Just saying. <laughs> We've spoken to him after the con is over, so it's been like 11 o'clock or so at night, and he uh, he, he, he loosens up. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a pretty good talker. He's mm-hmm. to work out okay with him. Yeah. Now, going back over to your novels, Joseph Caro asks, why do the studios back out of the film version of your novel, Predators? He's a big fan of the book, and he says the book uh, had even went so far as to say soon to be a major motion picture, but the film never happened. Well, uh, Warner Brothers bought it for Steven Spielberg, and then immediately after that, Steven Spielberg um, went off and created Amblin with uh, two other guys, and so uh, that whole project sort of fell apart. They got a screenwriter who was very hot at the time, and uh, he, quite frankly, wrote this horrible screenplay for it. that every time they sent me a new version, it just, I went, oh, God, this is getting worse with these paths. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, uh, in a way, I was kind of glad that never happened. Mm. Um, there is some interest in one of the books at this point, uh, as far as film goes, but uh, there's nothing to be announced on that at this point. Now, one thing you can be glad about is the fact that Avengers Endgame is a movie that has made, within the first, I believe, four or five days, over $1.2 billion. And as the architect of Marvel Cosmic and the inspiration for what this became, how does it make you feel seeing characters like Thanos, Drax the Destroyer, Gamora, all of them go off to become this multi, not million, but billion dollar franchise? It's more of the surrealism that it's been my life for the last couple of years since he showed up in those Avengers uh, in credits. Uh, you know, um, after I did the East Coast Comic Con last year, I um, came back home and uh, I figured everything's going to be settled down. You know, uh, we've done this uh, this hoopla and now things can settle out. And I was in the backyard uh, and walked back into the house and saying, okay, let's uh, watch the Stephen Colbert show. You know, we got a late show that we had on tape. And uh, there in his opening monologue, he does a Thanos joke. And I said, oh, God, this is not going to really go away very quickly, is it? <laughs> wow. You ended up getting a Simpsons couch gag made. So when you get immortalized in The Simpsons, even, that's that's pretty impressive. Yes, yes. I had lots of people pointing that one out to me. And, uh, you know, now I'm just uh, sort of uh, wondering how many days before I can go through a day without having the Avengers in-game show up in my day somewhere along the line. <laughs> Uh, we're not even close to it at this point, but I figure in a week or two it ought to settle down a bit. Probably and, not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go for a month or so. But yeah, then... you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, if I can get through, you know, I live up in the woods, so if I can get through a day without it here, uh, it's a start. A good shot, I can do it, but I yes. haven't so far. You hear tree branches snap, and you're just like, oh, come on. <laughs> 
uh, you know, I go to the YMCA to play racquetball, and uh, the gal who signs us in wants me to sign a copy of the Infinity Gauntlet for her nephew. Aww. See? Mm-hmm. That's funny. So, well, next yeah. up, if you know, if you're not careful, we could turn around and see a Jim Starlin bobblehead. Who knows? Uh, that'd be kind of frightening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they kind of are in a way, but what yeah. about the pop vinyls? Well, I was always partial to those wacky wobblers myself, because pop vinyls are everywhere and whatever. So. I, got, yeah, I digress. They got, uh, they got a Thanos emoji out there also. I can't imagine you wanting that showing up in your uh, email. <laughs> Some do, you know. Apparently. apparently. It's that marketing thing, I guess. And, and how does it make you feel to see the renewed interest, not just in the character, but in your writing? I've seen a ton of copies of Infinity Gauntlet and War sold at different comic shops, at like places like, you know, FYE, Barnes & Noble, etc. It's... It's wild. Well, it's very gratifying. Um, you know, it is pop culture we're working at, and things come and go. And during the 90s, I, I sort of went out of fashion. And uh, it's kind of nice to be brought back into fashion again at this point and uh, getting to work uh, a second life and people appreciating it. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, I, I consider myself one of the luckiest people on the face of the earth. Well, I think so many artists, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, so many artists have you know ended their days in post offices or night watchmen. Um, I'm definitely one of the lucky ones. Well, you know, it wasn't just you. I think that when you said '90s, I said, well, it was like mid to late '90s that the market, the comic industry, kind of went into the tank. So it was industry wide, from what I recall. Yeah, but at this point here, I'd like to bring in a more serious note too. Though um, there is a thing on. Um, uh, fund me uh, right now that is being run by Michael uh, Matlow, who is uh, Bill Matlow's uh, brother, mm. and uh, in treating and taking care of his brother over the last 27 years. Uh, Michael has gotten $100,000 in debt, and um, he's got a GoFundMe uh, thing. It's uh, If you go there and uh, look up, I'm embarrassed, but I need your help. Uh, you can find that. I contributed earlier today. I think uh, everyone who's a Rocket Raccoon fan or a Guardians of the Galaxy fan should go throw a little bit of money this way. This uh, this guy could use the help, and he's been taking care of his brother for 27 years, and he's trying to get him uh, to live out of the nursing home he's in and trying to get it set up so he's uh, in a, a little apartment behind his house. So I think that's something everyone ought to contribute to. We appreciate you mentioning that, too. And that is another name that I remember growing up with in the comics and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, I'm one of the lucky ones. Bill hasn't been, and he could use your help if you, you know, you want to get some bounty points on the old karmic meter. Uh, a few bucks his way. We're happy to pass that on, Jim, and thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I figured that was... Make use of this uh, forum. Absolutely. Any other questions? Uh, let's see. We're going to go to some more questions from our listeners, friends of the show. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we got. Now, Josh, who was also on this episode guest co-hosting, he asks, how does, he, how does Jim feel about the MCU depiction versus how he's shown in the comics from his original inception of Thanos? Well, I think I may have answered that sort of earlier. Uh, you know, it's two different universes, uh, the two different mediums. Uh, they need their changes to accommodate 
what they're doing, and, you know, I have to come in there accepting that right off the bat. And I think they've done an excellent job. Um, they may not have stuck strictly the letter of Thanos, but they certainly have his spirit right. And uh, Gamora is uh, a definite, uh, she's the closest one to the character I have in the book. And i got to say, i got to love Drax. Uh, James Gunn and Batista came up with this uh, delightful hybrid between uh, the modern-day version of uh, Drax and uh, the one I had in the Infinity Watch. And uh, I just think he's, Batista steals the show whenever he gets on screen. I'm curious, do you think we're ever going to see the day where Dave Batista as Drax plays the saxophone? Um... Probably not, because that's a different origin. Uh, in the movies, Drax is an alien from an alien society. He's not uh, the construct by Kronos, who is supposed to be uh, Thanos' kryptonite. Uh, so, I mean, you know, they might work that in there. Uh, they worked in the, uh, the Thanos helicopter uh, under the wire, so uh, you never can tell. Uh, that, that is actually one of the things. I had never known why he, there was the uh, connection with the saxophone. As a matter of fact, uh, I believe in the Infinity Wars miniseries by Jerry Dugan, Ch uh, artist Chip Zdarsky throws in like a little shot of Drax in his human form playing the saxophone. And I'm, I've am i seen it again over and over. I'm like, what, what is that about? I don't get it. Why, why, is, why does Drax play the sax? Is, does it rhyme? I don't, it does rhyme, it, yes. It does, but... <laughs> Yeah, so thank well, you thank uh, for that explanation. You know, it was just a throwaway thing. Uh, uh, Moondragon is his daughter in the comic books also. Mm. You know, uh, when uh, the human who becomes Drax is killed uh, by aliens in the uh, in Nevada desert, I believe it is, his daughter survives that, and she eventually becomes Moondragon. Now, there's a character that they could pull out and develop maybe him. Uh, fingers crossed on that one too but I'm really wishing they will get around to do a Pip one of these days so. yes I'm surprised they never let Peter Dinklage be Pip because he would have been tailor made oh, for the character mm -hmm. I was so certain that's what he was going to do and when he shows up gigantic I went oh, <laughs> wrong on that one <laughs> yeah. Pip the troll yes yes okay and also going back over to Thanos and his main squeeze in the comics one of the questions that we received was from Raymond Aponte, and he wants to know, who would Death pick? Would she pick Thanos or, from the distinguished competition, Darkseid? Because they both have a lot of pain and destruction caused, and I'd like to know who you think she would pick. Well, uh, seeing that Darkseid wasn't actively courting her... Um... She might pick him because she's always sort of spurned or played with uh, Thanos and his connections for her. Uh, currently, where I left it is um, she would definitely pick Darkseid because uh, Thanos betrays her in this latest uh, graphic novel uh, series that I'm doing with Alan Davis. Uh, so, um, you know, I think uh, she's rather mercurial, and uh, the answer to that question would be uh, circumstantial. Mm -hmm. Death just does not like needy. Just does not like needy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she can. She's controlling Thanos. He's got the upper hand, if you will. So yeah, why not? Uh, Jim, any other uh, shows we we hit on Terrificon and East Coast? Any others that you know that you're going to be getting to this year? Well, I see. I'm going to be at the Galaxy Cons in several places: Raleigh, uh, someplace in Florida. 
I've got a whole listing of these things there. Uh, so Niagara Falls. I'm going to be in uh, for free comic book day. I'll be at Ominous uh, Press and uh, just outside of Buffalo here uh, Saturday. Um, but um, yeah, you, I, you have to follow my Facebook page. I I pop them up as they send me the the you know, the graphics for where I'm going to be. <laughs> no, that's good. So that'll take you through the greater part of uh, the rest of this year, I guess, at least through the summer into the fall. I know I, I'm booked uh, and different things up through November of, of this year. That's great. Now, Jim, since, you know, the past year you've been signing copies of the Infinity Gauntlet book, the actual Infinity Gauntlet replicas. One of yours included, yeah. Yes. Not that you have more than one, but yeah, well, one of yeah. them being yours that I meant to say. Go ahead. I'm interested. What is the most obscure item someone has had you sign, or when they just handed it to you, you're like, "Wow, really?" <laughs> well, I think the rarest ones at this point are the Infinity Gauntlet oven mitts, uh, because <laughs> they were uh, recalled because these oven mitts tended to burst into flames when you got them near anything hot. Wow. So if you you have one of these Infinity Gauntlet oven mitts, it was actually the first thing they ever merchandised on it. And so I thought that was great that they had to recall it. Uh, that day, that day extracted a heavy toll. <laughs> yeah, so if you have one of those, you've got a collector's item, but don't use it around anything hot. Well, that obviously means, too, Jim, that you've signed Infin- Infinity Gauntlet uh, coin banks, I suppose, and some that were of that lighter, brighter yellow coloring, and I guess that you could put your hand in, into as well, no? Oh, I've done. I've signed just about everything that has Thanos' image involved in it. Uh, yeah. They've even bought me some of these little tiny uh, Lego figures and asked me to sign the backs of them. As a diehard Lego collector, I am so happy to have the Infinity Gauntlet in my collection. Let me tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I'm building up a small uh, shrine outside my studio. My wife won't let me have any of the Thanos stuff downstairs in the house, but... Just outside my studio, I'm building up a little shrine of uh, uh, merchandising items that they have there. Everything from a shopping bag to that uh, humongous uh, one from uh, Slideshow. You know, it weighs about 50 pounds. Wow. I I am not sure if I should now tell my wife what you just said, because that line struck a chord with me. My wife won't let me have. And anything that I have comics is relegated to the basement. So off the floor, but still. Well, we do have one small Thanos figure on the windowsill in the kitchen because uh, when some of the money came through for the movies, we uh, renovated the kitchen. And uh, so he's there on the shelf on the side thing, uh, on the window, uh, just because it's the, you know, the Thanos wing of the house. That's exactly right. It's Kitchen by Thanos. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't sound like the most appetizing thing to have in your house, but, you know, bon appetit. it works. Mm-hmm. My wife's a good cook. Oh, mine too, and Baker. Mm. And one of the other things that I've noticed over the past year is a lot of people are pro-Thanos. They believe there was even a group on Reddit called, and it's still going strong today, called Thanos Did Nothing Wrong. And when you see <laughs> things like that, how does that make you feel? Um, it's amusing. Um, there's one thing that I, I've been meaning to look up that uh, somebody else told me about is uh, Thanos Thick. Oh, uh, no, 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 you don't. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, is that, is that bad, is it? <laughs> it? It's Thanos booty. You do not want to see Thanos booty. No, 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 no. <laughs> yes, I understand it's uh, pornography, so uh, yeah, no, you know, no. I've been meaning to get around to it, but I just haven't. And uh, Around uh, to it. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, That's perfectly and, uh, balanced. The way I keep getting warned off, maybe I'll just avoid it at this point. Yeah. Please, no, 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 Jim. <laughs> but that, that is a sign that uh, we've reached the apocalypse. And, yes. uh, you know, <laughs> where Thanos The is, end. Uh, <laughs> For real. Yeah. You know, uh, we're, we're finished. You know, The posterior. Just, uh, hang it all up. Yes. That's exactly right. Well, now you know you've made it when you know it gets all. Around. I I'm just uh. we just shouldn't even continue. Yeah, Jim Starlin, thank you oh so much for doing this for us. Great to to talk to you again, and we're looking forward to seeing you this year at more than one con and uh, talking some more. All right, you take care in the meantime, and uh, we'll be seeing you at the conventions. Thanks again, Jim. We greatly appreciate it. So now, once again, big thank you to Jim Starlin for being on the podcast today. You like literally just took you know one, two, three seconds to record that part, but here we are. But people, we want to say thank you for listening to this show and the ride that we are on with the Marvelous. It is not ending, as you can tell, because we got a lot more content to come your way and a lot more things. Tweet at us at the Marvelous. Go on our Facebook where it is fifteen k plus. Leave yes. us a message on there that you what you want to see us do. We got some stuff in mind, but. We want to know what you guys want, too. What if? Exactly. I had so, that from friend of the show, or soon to be, Anthony Scavasso. Thank you. So now, before we go, guys, how can we get a hold of you both on social media? Give us your Twitters, Instagrams, Facebooks, everything. You can find us on Twitter at... Haven for Heroes. You can find us on Instagram at... Haven for Heroes. You can find us on Facebook at... Haven for Heroes. You can find us on YouTube at... Haven for Heroes. And you can find myself, uh, the illustrious Douglas Garnum, on Instagram at Douglas Von Doom. You can find myself on Instagram at Josh BSB. And, uh, you know, we're here at Haven for Heroes at 3436 Front Street, Port Jervis, New York, 12771. We're here every day but Monday. Come make fun of us. Josh, is, BS, is BSB for Backstreet Boys? Yeah, totally. Uh, well, we'll go with that for now. Follow me. Um, Doug didn't plug himself enough, so I'll plug myself a little more. Twitter at H4H underscore Josh. Thank you. It is wonderful. And uh, I'm not going to plug my Facebook, so there's that. <laughs> and you can or find... Uh, I, I am also... Oh, hold on. I'm going to cut you off real quick. Oh, yeah. You can also find me I'm on Snapchat leave. at Josh BSB. Hit me up. I'm single. <laughs> That's a long name. Anyway, hit me up. I'm single indeed. Oh, oh God! He's we getting the vapors. Your podcast into Tinder. <laughs> Sameless shelf promotions is what it's all oh about. Be sure to swipe right on that five star for iTunes for us. Yeah, find me on in, on my art Instagram at Saint Douglas and uh, on Twitter at Sun Soleil, where the zeros are O's. heroes. Yeah. O's are zeros. O's are zeros. God, I'm a mess. That really threw me through a loop. Oh, my God. I don't have Snapchat. Don't ask. That's a possum. (laughs) That's a beautiful possum. But anyway. It's called a rodent. So. I don't know. It eats trash. For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Eddie Wilson. I'm Doug Garnum. And I'm Josh Benavides. We're going to have to redo this because Eddie's always the last one. I just remembered that. (laughs) Doofus. John, fix this, obviously. (laughs) For The Marvelous, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Doug Garnum. I'm Josh Benavides. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. Okay. Now we're going to do... Questionius. Oh, boy. Lightning round. We all lose. <laughs> yes, we do. Every, everyone loses. Do we have a, no, do we have a buzzard? Are we buzzing in? We have buzzards now? Oh, my. Buzzards? Wouldn't that be a... 
A buzzer is two faced. Wow, that's a mama don't told me. You're really <laughs> making a Bugs Bunny dinner. reference. <laughs> well, there was one I before, right? I love it. I'm just saying. Like I just one eat thing. One eat thing. Why am I on the wrong page? Oh my goodness. Are we rolling still? Keep rolling, 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 rolling. And now Avengers Endgame obsessed with Marvel. Or just the other way around. At Haven for Heroes in Port Jervis, New York. Yes. The question is number 883. Which reads? Reed Richards. Who, or rather which, super villainous was Captain America's girlfriend? Was it Superior, Diamondback, Mother Knight, or Black Mamba? First off, I didn't know Cap likes the bad girls. Well, which super villainous was Captain America's girlfriend? Superior, Diamondback, Mother Knight, or Black Mamba? I, I, I actually I, know the answer to this. All right, I thought Diamondback was yeah. a male Diamondback, character. Yeah. It is Diamondback. Yeah. Uh, it is. No, wait, no, 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 no. Superior, uh, Mother Knight. No, no, wait, so you don't know this. No, 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 no. Yeah, it is Diamondback. Black Mamba. They talk about it in Domino. In the comic Domino, yeah. she talks about it. She's like, is this I know the regular universe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know where. So, yeah, in... Um, 616. Yeah, and so she uh, she's at Domino has a surprise birthday party, and everybody's talking about how all the superheroes and supervillains that showed up she slept with, and Diamondback's <laughs> like, "Well, I've just had Cap," and da, 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 like, so I'm gonna say Diamondback. Yeah, wow. that might have been where it was. I know I was reading the Domino series too. Well, I guess we're gonna go with that because it sounds like it can't be disputed. So letter B, let's try I agree. it. That is correct. Oh, da, da, yeah. da, 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 da. <laughs> Ed went to the Wincom thanks to our co uh, guest hosts. I get worried because I get showed up sometimes by some of my customers, and like my comic knowledge is not as expansive as I'd like it to well, be. So yeah. whenever you I get a, a trivia question right, it feels good. My shield will be acknowledged. The shop owners <laughs> failed the trivia. Yeah. <laughs> We're all human. In before we have to sell. I know, right? <laughs> sell, sell. I'm thinking of trading places or something like that. <laughs> 2231, that's the question number that we no, go to. No, street address. <laughs> that's exactly. No, that's 3234. Right? Uh, 3436. 34, 30, I was close. Damn it, Eddie. <laughs> uh, question number 2231, end. Armbar. In which city does the Dreaming Celestial now stand? Is it San Francisco, New York City, London, or Los Angeles? In which city does the Dreaming Celestial now stand? I don't Wait. know where it was before. San Francisco, New York City, London, Los Angeles. I'm going to say... Going in the dark here, but... Alicia Keys said concrete say jungle LA. where me, dreams are made of. Is well, the oh, you're going New York, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, he's say, going New York. I, I'm going with Alicia Keys and Jay-Z. That's fair. That's fair. Now, I want to go to New York, but I feel like it's a given given Marvel. It's got to be something else. I thought it's L.A. I would say L.A. as well. I'm going with that. I have so, no reason for it. I'm just you, so we're t I'm, I was just going to go with because I have no idea. I don't, I don't even have a, a, an, an Eddie Inkling sense, not even an Oda of a tingle. Well, it's 2v1 two v, two v one for LA. So Roe v. Wade. Let's, let's show them they are wrong. So we're going We're going to go B, New York City. Oh, no. Oh, 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 oh. we're going to go B, New York I thought we were going to go LA okay, because two people, uh, two people voted no, for the LA. I'm going to New York now. How about all right, that? Yeah, <laughs> I was having a non-vote, but all right, let's try it. B. No. Oh. See? All right, so is it LA then? It's San Francisco. Oh, wow. Really? We were all the wrong. Rice-a-roni? San Francisco treat, baby. In California. It's still valid. Robert California, even. Robert <laughs> Robert Cauliflower? What? Stop that. 
Well, California. when you got Benedict Cumberbatch and all kinds of distorted names, then you can do that. Why not? Everybody, well, all right, the third and final, because we've been doing these in, in groups of three. Why? Because we like you. 2,124. And this includes a larger read and a photo in here. It's under Horror Heroes. Tell us what the photo looks like. And it's got a photo of Blade. They call me Blade. Blade the Vampire Killer, which is how he started his moniker. Okay, question 2124. As part of the wave of action heroes in the 1970s, Blade made his first appearance in Tomb of Dracula number 10, 1973, shown above. You can't see that. Created by writer Marv Wolfman and artist Gene Colan, Blade took his name from his trademark weapons, the wooden blades he used to hunt Dracula and other vampires. When Blade's mother was about to give birth to him, a doctor arrived who proved to be a vampire named Deacon Frost. As she gave birth to Blade, Frost killed her, but the vampire was driven off before he could attack the newborn as well. As a result of the circumstances of his birth, Blade gained various powers, including an immunity to vampire bites. A longtime supporting character in Tomb of Dracula, Blade finally won his own first comic book series in 1994. Here's the question for the big money. What is Blade's real name? Is Wesley it... Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Sticky Fingers. Wow. Okay. Wow. Is it Jamal Afari? No. Eric Brooks? I'm pretty sure it's Eric Brooks. Or G, as in O-R-J-I, <laughs> not the other thing. Stop that. Or G Jones? Or Jonas Cray? It's I'm pretty Eric. sure it's Eric Brooks. Do we have, do we have to go through the names I'm again? I'm almost certain it's Eric Brooks. All right. I was not Jam- blade. Jamal Afari, Eric Brooks, Orgy uh, Jones, Jonas Cray. Well, at least it's not Stephen Dorff. They could have put that on the list and somebody would have picked it because it sounded familiar. Oof, uh, so we're thinking Eric him? Brooks? Uh, I'm thinking. I'll go with yeah, Doug, same. yeah. Anything other than that, possibly? I'm going with Eric. Only thing I All right, so was his first appearance. So I remember they made fun of him with the name <laughs> Eric in the movie. Exactly, yeah. All right, so let's go letter B again. It is. Da, 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 da. And we end on a good note. Two Just out of three in the bad. Heart. Thank you, Meatloaf. <laughs> we out of here.